Hey everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Well, today I am bringing you the third, the final Ducks movie. The final Ducks movie in the trilogy, entitled D3, The Mighty Ducks, which came out in 1996. October 4th, 1996 to be exact. Opening weekend, it made 6,170,358, grossed 22 million worldwide. Sadly, this one did not do as hot as the others, which it's been a couple years. Duck fever isn't as strong as it was two years ago in 1994. The unruly team of hockey misfits grew up a bit and receives scholar or grows up a bit, excuse me, and receives scholarships to a prestigious prep school where they take on the snotty varsity team. This couldn't have been, honestly, a weaker sequel sequel premise. This, like I said, they took on the world in the junior hockey team, you say, the Goodwill Games, right? That is, like, one of the highest accolades. And it just feels like given scholarships to a prestigious, like, prep school, that's like a step down. It's like with your sequels, don't you want to kind of up the ante a little and, like, make each one as good as it can or better than the last one? That's kind of with the Toy Story movies. It's like we don't want to make a movie unless it exceeds the last movie that we made, which is understandable. I honestly feel, because think about it, The Mighty Ducks came out in 1992. We had The Sandlot in 1993. We had The Big Green in 95. Little Giants, I think, was in 1994. I mean, it just seems like, and even when did Rookie of the Year come out? 93. So by 96, I think we were Disney Kid 90 sports movied out. And it's just, not to mention, Gordon, or Emilio Estevez is maybe, with maybe, I'd say less than 15 minutes of screen time in the movie. We do have the return of two people that were absent in D2. Casey Conway is back. She plays Charlie's mom. We have Hans returning. It looks like Jan is returning back to their homeland. And Hans is coming to make a appearance for a short amount of time until sadly. You guys have seen the movie. He does pass away sadly. Sorry to have spoiled it for you, but then again, this movie came out over 20 plus years ago, so not that surprising. So we got majority of the old ducks, we got the new ducks that were there for the sequel, they're back, except for Portman, who (laughs) basically decided to stay in Chicago, which no fancy prep school scholarship is going to bring his butt to where they're all at. Like, you gotta get me better than that, but then again... The guy doesn't come to, like, majority of, like, the last 20 minutes of the movie, which... We also get a character who was a principal or a teacher 
In the first movie, she's playing a different character, but the same no-nonsense, nose-stuck-up-her-ass type of character. Uh, another character or actor that's coming to play a <laughs> a different character, the one who played Gunner Stahl in, you know, the goalie for the Russian or the Iceland hockey team, plays someone named Scott or Skipper or whatever the heck his name is. Um, we also have... Michael Chudlitz, is that easy his name? Um, you'd be most familiar with him. He met the end of uh, Negan's Bat in um, Walking Dead Season 6, I think it was. Spoiler alert, guys. Walking Dead's been on forever. If you haven't seen that... We got a couple new people in the movie. Uh... Linda, a love interest for Charlie, played by Margot Finley. We also got Benjamin Salisbury, who plays Josh. He plays a sports announcer at uh, at Eden Hall, I believe. You may remember him from the the 90s show The Nanny. He played Brighton Sheffield, Maxwell Sheffield's son, in The Nanny from 1993 to 1999. Oh, he was also in Captain Ron. I've never seen that movie. What else was he in? Um, If you remember the show Promised Land, he was in that. All right. See if there's any trivia for D3, which I'm sure there must be. Hopefully it's not the same as... Let's see. Let me find it. Here we go. All right. Amelia Estevez, Joshua Jackson, Eldon Henson, Sean West, Matt Doherty, Garrett Ratliff, Henson, Marguerite Moreau, Vincent LaRusso are the only actors who appear in all three Mighty Ducks movies. Stephen Burrow, the writer of the film, the film series, also makes appearances in all three films. In the first film, he played Bombay's rival lawyer, Frank Huddy. In the second film, he plays a party guest who talks to Coach Bombay about fellow sport coach pat riley okay yeah i thought he looked familiar um in this film he plays the game attendant at the mall of america who talks to charlie and fulton about playing hooky is it hooky or hockey i don't know in this movie scott white who plays the character Replace the character Scott in D2 Mighty Ducks. He played the Icelandic hockey player Gunnar Stahl, which I already said. All right. Brandon Quentin Adams, who played Jesse in the first two films, isn't in the movie. No recognition is given to him. The same happened with several ducks going from the first to second. Okay, he's not? I thought he was. Mike Vitar's last film. This was the last movie he did. Michael Cudlitz, who plays Cole, is only two years younger than Emilio Estevez. Cudlitz is older than most of the Mighty Ducks in the movie by 12 to 15 years. Well, of course, because he looks it. (laughs) The dorm used by the Varsity is the same dorm used in Dead Poets Society. Okay, never seen that movie. You doing all right over there, Quinny? How's that catnip working for you? (laughs) Yeah, exactly, right? (laughs) Claudia Wilkins, who played 
the principal in the Mighty Ducks has a cameo as a teacher who gives multiple tests a week. Yes, I mentioned that too. In one scene, Charlie says he is allergic to nuts. This is a reference to Joshua Jackson's real-life allergy to nuts. Oh, well, I didn't know that about Joshua Jackson. In D2, the Mighty Ducks, Hans's brother Jan mentions Charlie's mother got remarried between the... The first two films. There is absolutely no mention of her still being married in this one. Let's just say that she got divorced. Okay, we'll just say she got divorced and work out. If you pay close attention, close enough attention, you'll easily notice that she is not wearing a wedding ring at any point in the movie, so it is implied that she is divorced again. Well, good for her. You do you there, Casey. <laughs> the character Cole, one of the Eden Hall varsity players, was modeled largely after Biff Tannen from the back to the... Future Trilogy. Good for him. That's great. Connie wears a Minnesota Moose jersey during the Ducks' first practice at Eden Hall Rink. The Minnesota Moose were a Minnesota ice hockey team in the International Hockey League from 94 to 96. Good. That's great. In later interviews, Joshua Jackson admitted having little to no interest in doing another Mighty Ducks movie. Well, you know what? I'm not surprised. Because by that time, wasn't he um, getting ready to do Dawson's Creek eventually? What was that, 98? So that would have been two years out, but still. And that he was ready to move on to more adult roles. Kid, how old was he at the time? I don't know. He, he, more adult roles? He looks like a kid still. You just slow your roll, buddy, because you're going to be on Dawson's Creek for, what, six, seven years? Yeah. You ain't playing an adult just yet, dude. <laughs> he said he used a lot of that attitude. <laughs> oh, well, this is where it comes from, guys. He used a lot of that attitude in his portrayal of Charlie Conway in this film. As the script calls for Charlie to be more rebellious and moody, so he channeled his feelings at the time of doing another Mighty Ducks movie through the role. Well, there, now we know. Now we know where that moodiness comes from, where he's bringing it. Gee thinks Dean Buckley knows Wayne Newton since he is seen in a photograph wearing a Newt shirt. Are you sure that it's not Averman or Dwayne? Because I've seen the movie before, guys. I didn't think. I'll have to check. But he is actually in the picture with Newt Gingrich. Don't know who that is. Might have heard. Who's Newt Green Gingrich? Jeremy? Yeah. Oh, so one of those people. Great. Good for him. Is he still alive? Yeah. Okay. The name Eden Hall Academy is an am amalgama amalgamation of the Twin City suburb of Eden Prairie and private schools Cretton Durham Hall and St. Thomas Academy, in addition, Eden Hall's commitment to excellence in varsity hockey may or may not be modeled after Chateauk St. Mary's, a boarding school in Fairbolt, Minnesota, that has taught the likes of NHL stars Jonathan Tuas, Zach Paris, and Sidney Crosby. The only film in the trilogy where Jesse Hall doesn't go... Okay, so... And the trivia said Jesse wasn't in this. 
Now it's saying he is. I swear that he is. I think he's in the credits. What's up? Who's who's do, who's monitoring the trivia on IMDb for this movie? Because someone's not doing their job. The only film where Jesse Hall doesn't call Adam Banks a cake eater since a Hall doesn't... Oh, right. Okay. Well, I guess that's why Russ was there. Um, maybe he's not. I, I could have sworn that he was all like, <gasps> when the teacher was saying like how many tests were going to be given out a week. When Coach O'Ryan posts the positions, Russ makes a comment about being placed on third line regarding it to be a major diss insult. He isn't wrong in saying so, since at this point the Ducks only have 12 players, two of which being goalies. Russ being one of the two remaining defensemen on the team, the other being Fulton. The Eden Hall head varsity coach has played a referee in the two previous films. It was filmed between June 2295 and August 11, 1995, so a little less than two months, so seven weeks. Ah, the only Mighty Ducks film in where Adam Banks isn't injured in anyway. Yeah, I don't know what they had against poor Banksy, but uh, he got major injured in the first one, and he got like a messed up wrist in the sequel. What is the movie's have against poor Banks? When Charlie gets kicked off the team by Coach Orion after the unofficial JV varsity showdown, the only other player to to join Charlie in leaving the team is Fulton. This is fitting since Fulton and Charlie were the first two players to agree to become Ducks in the first movie. The only film in the Mighty Ducks trilogy not to include its respective hit theme songs, We Will Rock You and We Are the Champions by Queen. Out of all three Mighty Ducks films, this one contains the least amount of hockey playing. <laughs> Not surprising. The Ducks are only shown playing three times. Hans listens to them play off screen, once over the radio in the scene where he and Charlie have an argument, the first being against Blake Bears, and twice against the Varsity Warriors, including the unofficial scrimmage game. Despite giving given top billing, Emilio Estevez only appears as Gordon Bobbe at the beginning, during the middle scene with Charlie, and towards the end of the film. Altogether, he has less than tw 20 minutes of screen time. He was busy filming The War at Home, and he wasn't able to devote much time to this film, hence the much smaller role than in the past two films. He agreed to a smaller role in the film for free in exchange for Disney helping fund The War at Home. Good for... that's great. Alright, I don't know about you, but let's jump into this movie. I'm ready for it. Let's bring on the final Mighty Ducks movie. Alright, instead of sepia-toned, uh footage of a young Gordon Bombay, we get flashbacks to the first and second Mighty, the Mighty Ducks and the D2, the Mighty Ducks. Just in case you forgot about them and you want to know what they look like when they were 12 and 14, and you want to live, relive those wonderful moments. Like the time that Gordon Bombay in the first movie was a hotshot lawyer. And then he got community service and had to coach District 5 before the Mighty Ducks. And he's in his limo on the ice. And the kids are all like, we want a ride. We want a ride. You know that? Yeah, we get that scene. And we get a sepia-toned footage of Gordon teaching the kids how to fling eggs in order for them to have soft hands when they're de handling the puck. Mind you, this is all going on, and then we flash back to the 
the ice background with the cast of actors names that show up on screen. We also then have Gordon showing off his Mighty Ducks jersey for the kids. We have Charlie who is going to make that final shot at the end of Mighty Ducks. Now we get dialogue saying the head coach and leader of the Mighty Ducks, Gordon Bombay. I guess someone's announcing him. Then we get a sepia tone. Yay, we won! We won! We beat the Hawks! Now we go into D2, the Mighty Ducks, where we got the kids all tied together. They're wearing blue and red uniforms. They're trying to work together. Gordon's like, I'd like to introduce you to a great group of kids. Sure, they can be rambunctious as the kids in this flashback of D2 all fall to the ice because they're tied together. Gordon says, they've run me ragged and played more than their fair share of pranks. Gordon says, I still haven't forgotten about those eggs. We see the Bash Brothers in D2. They're wearing their Hendricks Hockey Team USA jerseys. As Gordon says, but I hung in there and they hung in there for me. We became the Quack Attack, the Flying V, and the Bash Brothers. As we see Fulton and Portman bump chests. Gordon says, I've never had a better time. He goes on to say how these kids are winners, each and every one of them. And then, of course, we see Dwayne with the wide eyes and the ears that stick out. And Gordon keeps talking throughout this whole thing, like, but more than that, these are good people. He says, I hope that they enrich and enliven your school and their and your lives the way they have mine. Now we get another sepia tone flashback to the Ducks. Go, or they're going from Team USA to wearing the Ducks jerseys at the end of D2. As Gordon says, now I hand, you, I hand you over to the capable hands of my old biology teacher and the current headmaster, Dean Buckley. Oh, we see Russ. Yes. Creator of the Knuckle Puck. We then see another sepia tone flashback of Banks handing Charlie the American flag and they fly it around the rink. Of course, Dean Buckley says Gordon Bombay has a lot to be proud of. We are happy to welcome the Ducks. You are great in <laughs> our great educational institution. We now flash to Current day, Eden Hall welcomes the Mighty Ducks. There's a giant banner. Eden Hall is in red font. We got welcomes in yellow font. We got the Mighty Ducks in blue font. That sign looks fucking horrid. It's just it's plain as day. I don't care about the colors. I want something flashy. They get full athletic scholarships to Eden Hall Academy. That's <laughs> got. I mean... I like the movie, I don't love it, but I want to complete the trilogy. Yes, I'm going to rag on the movie a bit, but it's been quite a while since I've seen it. I call Dean Buckley Mr. Bowtie. Like, you're now Eden Hall Warriors and you're going to lead us on to glory. And divisional championships. So basically, it's a publicity stunt to put Eden Hall on the map. Maybe they'll get some transfers from other private schools that will come and go to their school. We flash to the audience of people cheering. We see Gordon, we see Casey, we see Hans. Hans's hair just looks crazily out of control. It's too long, it's just, it's wild. It's... I remember it was like cut short in 
But now it's like he's kind of got like a mullety thing going on, which when you're that age, you don't want a mullet. Or maybe you do. I don't know. It just seems when you get to a certain age, you don't want to deal with the long hair. No one wants to deal with long hair if they don't have to. So then we cut back to the audience again, and Gordon's like, maybe I should tell him first. And Casey's like, I think that's a good idea. She's smiling. You know, if you didn't know what he was going to say, and she's smiling at him, you'd think that they were getting engaged. It just, it's just, like, the whole thing, oh, maybe I should tell him first. I think that's a good idea. Oh, she was just smiling for a hot second as she finished that sentence. No, that's not a happy face. At least Gorn doesn't have that annoying, like, middle part thing anymore. He's back to, like, his hair from the first movie. A little bit, which is what I like. So now we go down by the water, by this big oak tree, and... Gordon and Charlie are having a conversation. Charlie's all like, oh, the school is a little stuffy, but we'll, uh, we'll loosen it up, won't we, coach? And, of course, this is where uh, Gordon drops the bomb. I'm not going to be your coach this year, Charlie. And Charlie's like, yeah, very funny. <laughs> the way he is gritting his teeth, he is just, like, trying to get through. Like, I really don't want to be here. Yeah, I looked it up. Joshua Jackson only would have been 18 at this point. What adult roles do you think you're going to play? He'd go on, like, what, in two years and be on Dawson's Creek for the next six. So, Gordon just got the official word. The Junior Goodwill Games Committee has named him Director of Player Personnel. Yes, because the Gordon... The Gordon... The Goodwill Games, of course, liked what they saw, what they did in D2, and just was like, hey, you're going to be the director of player personnel. We're offering you a lot of money. We know you'll do us proud. You did so when you beat Iceland. So, he's going to be in charge of their junior hockey program worldwide. And mind you, Charlie is now taller than Gordon. When did that happen, right? Like, yeah, two years ago. And... Charlie is just brows furrowed, eyes narrowed, like, I can't believe you're just abandoning us. It's like, he's not your dad! But maybe he's channeling some of that rage into that, too, along with the fact that Joshua Jackson just does not want to be in this movie. Now that I know that, which, I don't I don't know, maybe it's true, maybe it's not true, you know, you can only take trivia with a grain of salt. But I'm not surprised, but now that I know that information, if it's true or not, it makes me kind of see this movie in a whole new look. Well, in a whole new light, kind of. Of course, Charlie's like, well, don't go. And Gordon's like, Charlie, I can't pass up this opportunity. So now Charlie's all butthurt. Like, yeah, but you can pass us up, right? What the hell? Is he supposed to, like, guide you through college, too? At some point, you're going to have to sever those apron strings there that you got attached to Gordon, Charlie. I mean, it's great that he's your coach and your mentor, but he's not your figure, you know, pseudo-daddy. Although it's clearly uh, how Charlie sees him. It's like, that's not fair to Gordon. He shouldn't have to feel guilty because he wants to do have other opportunities. I mean, it's not like you bitched about the fact that he was going to go into the minor leagues in hockey at the end of the first movie. Look how he's, he's saying, I mean, you dump us in some stupid school, and it's like, he dumped you? Oh my gosh. 
course, Gordon also went to Eden Hall. It's like, look, I'm not dumping you anywhere, okay? Eden Hall is a great opportunity. And Gordon is just trying to comfort Charlie the best way he can. Like, Charlie, I will always... And Charlie cuts him off with, Coach, please, don't go. Gosh, he's like, Charlie, I know it's hard. I understand what you're going through. And Charlie just cuts him off like, no, you have no idea. You couldn't possibly have any idea. Kid, at some point you're going to have to let go and move forward. Let him move on with his life and his opportunities. You're going to have your own opportunities, but you got to let this. He's not going to be there holding your hand through life. He's a mentor. He'll help guide you, maybe give you a little direction, but at the end of the day, he goes home to his life, and you're living your life. He has no real responsibility to you anymore. All right, so we're at Eden Hall Academy. We have Eden Hall Academy at the bottom of the screen in yellow font. Okay, so yes, Jesse is not there. Definitely, it's interesting how we have the new ducks and the old ducks are divided. Because we see, like, Charlie getting the old ducks, running them together. But then we also have, I guess they were all dropped off together because they all come from different parts of the U.S. You know, we got Russ from L.A., we got Dwayne from Texas, we got Louise Mendoza from... Miami, Florida, Julie the Cat Gaffney's from Maine, Ken Wu's from, I can't remember, somewhere, he's from somewhere, and Russ is all like, yeah, this place is really running low on the brothers quote, and as far as how many other, you know, black guys are there there at that Eden Hall Academy, well, they couldn't bring Jesse back, I don't know why, maybe he's like, dude, I don't need the Mighty Ducks anymore, I don't need those movies. I want to move on and do my own thing. I like how Julie just kind of dismisses his comment. Like, yeah. You know, I want to know who this Coach Orion is. This new coach of ours. So luckily, Julie's got an out. She says, my dad said if I didn't like him, I could come right home. Of course, with Russ, like, yeah, well, that's nice. My dad said I better stay in on scholarship or he'll whoop my ass. Basically. <laughs> I love how Russ is where he is so out of all five of the kids. He is the one he's dressed like really sharply. He's got like the glasses on and everything. I mean, we got Julie with a denim short sleeve shirt with a white top underneath. We got Ken Wu rocking the flannel. It's still 1996. We got. Louis, Louis, Louise, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, rocking a, like, um, polyester jersey type shirt, we got, of course, Dwayne's gotta have that cowboy hat, gotta have that cowboy hat, someone's gotta represent Texas, a Lone Star State, so basically they're talking about, you know, rumor mill about, you know, this Coach O'Ryan guy, and apparently Louise heard, you know, I heard the guy in the dorm that... Oh, I heard in the dorm that the guy played for the Minnesota North Stars got suspended for punching his out, punching out his own coach. It's just the rumor mills of like where they're getting this information. I mean, honestly, the internet might have been in the development stage or partially around, but it's not anywhere close to what it could be today, or what it is today. 
And of course, Twain said, oh, no, you mean the Dallas Stars. I heard he punched out a fan. And someone's like, I heard he was a Buddhist. Oh, Julie says, I heard he was a, was a Buddhist. Like, oh, where are you getting your guts up? Hockey magazines? Oh, let me see. What's going on with Coach Orion? Oh, this is very interesting. Says he likes fried chicken or, oh, he, he hates sushi or something. Like, yeah, you know, so she gives examples of, like, being a Buddhist, like, you know, Kung Fu or Richard Gere. Of course, Ken Wu's got to jump in there. We're like, you know, Kung Fu wasn't a Buddhist. He was a Trappist monk. Now we're getting into a discussion about, are you talking about the old Kung Fu or the further adventures of the new Kung Fu? <laughs> Twain's complaining, y'all watch too much TV. And of course, Russ was like, shoot, that's the safest thing to do in my hood. Like, that is racist. I love how, as they're walking, they walk past a community board that's got, like, a bunch of flyers on it. Dang, girl. Casey, you couldn't... Oh, there's a billboard for Walmart. Um, <laughs> you couldn't afford a <laughs> This car's kind of a... It just sounds like the exhaust or something. Her car is just... It's not great. But, of course... Fulton lives in an alleyway or something? Or, no, that's him, like, taking shots. You know, back from the first movie when he was in the alleyway, like, taking shots with his hockey stick. So, and, and Charlie's like, watch it, Mom, you might get hit. <laughs> As the window just, like, explodes. Like, come on. Why is he shooting into the street? Did he not learn from the first movie? Apparently not. Like, everyone knows not to drive down this road. Hockey Pops just come up, fly out of nowhere, and bust out your window. Look at it, it doesn't take someone's head off. Just bounce, it just bounced off like the windshield. It's, it's cool. It's fine. Nothing shattered. Don't worry about me, mom. So Charlie's like, oh, don't worry about my mom. As long as I have the ducks, I'll be just fine. Will you? Oh, he's like, as long as I have the ducks, I should be able to handle this new school. <laughs> I'm sure you won't. Is that, see, I, you know, watch the VHS, and of course VHS does not have subtitles, you know, back in the day. She says, that's my boy. I always thought she said nice mumbling, because that's what it sounds like, nice mumbling. But now that I have subtitles, and it, she says it, and the subtitle says, that's my boy, I'm like, okay, it does sound like that's my boy. Why did I always think it said nice mumbling? Because it didn't sound like he was mumbling car looks like a piece of fucking shit there isn't even a the headrest is like not even gonna support her head because it's like like turned down or over or something it's like someone comes into you from behind you're gonna get a messed up neck so is this just not a school day for everybody because i see like oh the kid's like carrying a basketball and the, uh, it's his mother okay maybe she's walking him to school um, some random, like, strangers walking past the alley. I'm like, you need to, no one, everyone should know about that alley. That is, you don't want to walk past it because you will get hit in the face with a hockey puck. So Charlie's like, hey, Fulton, have you ever thought about maybe shooting back into the alley and not into the street? Because there's a suitcase that is being used for, like, a, a goal. He's supposed to be aiming into... The suitcase. Of course, 
Charlie wants to represent the ducks wearing the jersey from the first movie that apparently grows with him. His mom must just, like, let it out and, like, somehow it magically grows with Charlie. When he grows a couple inches, it just magically, like, gets longer. Fulton's like, oh, no, not really. He just killed a cat! He hits the puck out in the street and goes, ah, ah, ah. the poor cat is dead. Thank you. You killed a cat, Fulton. You need to stop doing this. He's not even aiming for that suitcase anymore. He's just flinging it into the street and whoever's out there be damned. R.I.P., kitty. He also hit a windshield because you hear a car alarm go off. And, of course, Fulton just found out that Portman is not coming. Like, ugh! What good is one bash brother? Staying in Chicago. And Charlie's like, oh, you have to be kidding me. Like, damn it, Portman. We're all supposed to be together. He can't let anyone have a life. I noticed they'll never mention Jesse. Like, gosh, aren't we missing an original duck? Well, Terry missed his brother, so he, like, I'm starting high school, brother. Can you, like, help me? I need your back. So, Portman found out Bombay bailed, and he bailed, too. Well, we all gotta live our lives. We all gotta be moving on in life and not be judged for our choices and decisions. And Fulton's, like, really, what am I now, Mr. Bash the Bash Man? Oh, fuck, Portman! You can be whoever you want to, dude. You want to call yourself Mr. Bash Bashman? Go for it. Well, it looks like he hit Goldberg, and it's done no real cranium damage. Like, dude, you're a goalie, because Goldberg's like, oh man, now I gotta be worried about getting shot at off the ice, you know, with a puck. And it's like, dude, you're a goalie. Deal with it. People are gonna be throwing things at you all the time. That's life. The subtitle says, because he's like, hey, let's go, don't want to keep the preppy. He said, you think, because the subtitle says snobs, but he, I heard twice, he said snots. Yeah, well, I don't want them to get a dick, their dick in a twist. All right, now we're going back to Eden Hall. Of course, we got the, God, these guys are like 20-something, close to 30 years old. Even that girl back there is supposed to be a cheerleader. Who is this, who is that the eyebrows. I'm talking about the bullies. The Eden Hall varsity bullies. We got Abraham from Walking Dead. And we got this freaking piece of shit. They're, all three of them are like sitting behind Julie, Russ, and Dwayne. And of course, I mean, I'm sure they were there for the press conference. So they know what the ducks look like. Like, yeah, we're going to fuck with him. Of course we're going to fuck with him. He doesn't even say you guys. He's like, you ducks don't belong here at Eden Hall. And Russ is like, you got a fucking problem with me? I'll beat your ass. Fucking preppy rich boy. And I'd be like, yeah, you look like you should have graduated ten fucking years ago. Yeah, I look how Russ turns around. He like puts his arm on the back of his chair. He's like, what? Like, what did you just say to me? And Dwayne's all, like, easy, Russ. They probably just think we're someone else. Someone else. Who do you think they think you are? They're kind of a ragtag bunch here. You got Ken Wu, you got Russ, you got Dwayne with the... Wearing the cowboy hat, of course. Always with that hat. 
Dwayne, of course, is going to be the duck welcome wagon here. It's like, hey, I'm Dwayne. We're the new hockey team. And you are as varsity, the only hockey team. As I'm just calling this guy Abraham. I don't know what the fuck his name is. Cole. Who fucking cares? Takes his gum out and puts it in Dwayne's hand. That is nasty. This guy's like going down his resume. Yeah, we're the only hockey team here. We're the state champs. No, when you eventually graduate, you won't be. Someone else will take your spot. Fuck your shit. This guy's like, look, my little brother lost a JV slot when you brought they brought you yo-yos in here. Then bitch to the higher-ups. Why are you yelling at them? They didn't have any control over this. Granted, they didn't have to come there, but then again, if someone's going to pay for your schooling, you may as well take it, right? I mean, you're going to, like, throw out free money? Like, no, no. Scholarship? I'll go to your school. I'm not taking their shit though. I'll tell you that right now. I ain't taking their shit. <laughs> I love Julie. And she's not even looking at the guy. He's like, <laughs> probably wasn't good enough. Yeah, if he and your brother were any good, he would have gotten his ass on the fucking team. <laughs> this kid is all about like, see, that's my dad. He's gonna get the board to revoke your scholarships. Just you wait. This fucking carbon, like, cardboard bully. Just, he's a fucking loony. How the fuck old is your dad? Did he have you when he was, like, 50? He looks like he's going on 70 plus years old. Are you sure that's not your granddad? Holy shit. That old geezer's his dad. I don't, uh, <laughs> oh my god. Mr. fucking Dean Bowtie. Is that your dad? Nice outfit. Did it come with a yacht? If I arrest him, like, that's your dad? Are you sure you don't mean granddad? Because that guy's, like, fucking, like, 70 years old. Did he have you when he was 55? Because you look like you're 26 years old. Because he probably, this guy probably is. Oh, my gosh. Abraham's like, oh, 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 oh. I'll punch you in the face. 26-year-old face. All right, now, of course, we got to get the OG ducks. As they're like, oh, my gosh, Aberman, where are you taking us? Like, it's a shortcut. Don't worry about it. Wait just a damn minute. Jesse might not have called Banks Cake Eater, but Charlie did. Like, hey, nice tie, Cake Eater. Of course, Jesse's not there, so someone's going to call him a cake. Someone's got to call Banks a Cake Eater. Damn it! Goldberg, if you're not good on skates, because he actually he's never fucking skated on rollerblades in his life. We just went through two other fucking movies. This is supposed to be comical. Like, oh, Charlie, I can't keep up. I'm a goalie, not a skater. Well, if you're a goalie, you're a skater. Now we're going to have Charlie and Goldberg separate from the rest of the dots because apparently we need to throw in as much gag laughs as humanly possible. We didn't give a shit about Eden Hall's little introduction with... The new Ducks and the Eden Hall Varsity 26-year-olds. Goldberg, like, ends up going down some stone steps, and this woman, this poor woman, is just carrying a bag of groceries. Like, hey, lady, watch out, as he crashes into her. And her groceries go all over Charlie's head. Eggs, milkshake, slim fast shake, whatever. Goldberg skating backwards, going through somebody's backyard, and then there ends up being a dog that's chasing them, and a hose gets wrapped around. 
Goldberg say it's fuck it's fucking nonsense bullshit. Like yeah, if you're a two year old, you find this funny. Any older than that, you're like, what is this crap? Yeah, Goldberg now he's going backwards. He's got a bed sheet like wrapped around him so he can't see. We got a dog that looks like Chance from Homer Bound Two is running after him. They even say Charlie's like Goldberg. There's a pit bull. Cujo's after you. I'm just fast forwarding through. This is fucking bullshit. Like, I don't give a fine fuck about this mayhem skating backwards where Charlie and Goldberg get separated from the rest of the OG Ducks. Then I'm going back to Eden Hall as Mr. Old Bowtie here, Dean Bowtie, is giving a. I don't give a shit about his last name. I'm calling him Dean Bowtie. It's just giving a speech about, oh, let's welcome the Ducks. And they're just doing a big old presentation. Did you ever in high school hate? I was never a fan of pep rallies. I was never a fan of assemblies. It was so, I mean, yeah, you got out of class. But still, it's like. Uh... Now we come back to Charlie and Goldberg. And they're in traffic. How are they not dead? Apparently, they almost get, like, fucking smashed. They almost smash into a, the side of a semi. They managed to go over a, um, like an overpass or something, an overpass. I'm sure that's their stunt doubles doing this stunt because they're like in midair at least like 50 feet in the air. And they managed to get back with the ducks who are just skating down the road. Charlie looks like crap. Goldberg, like, sprayed out a hose on him, so he's all wet and nasty. And he's like, Goldberg, don't you ever do that to me again. Like, he didn't have to go after his ass. I mean, I get you're still the captain of the Mighty Ducks, but just leave him. This guy, this Coach Wilson of the varsity, with the piss yellow hair and the wire rim pedophile glasses. Ew. He just gives, like, two thumbs up as the students cheer. Of course, this is going to be so silly. Oh, we're going to go through the back door to get to the stage. And as Dean Bowtie here is introducing the Mighty Ducks, I present to you. As they rip down the curtain and they're all like, huh, we're the ducks, as Charlie says, embarrassed. Like, oh, great, oh. The gold medal winners of the Junior Goodwill Games, as we hear Goldberg go, oh, Hear the curtain ripping from behind Dean Bowtie and 60-year-old yacht dad and pedophile glasses. And I don't know about that guy. They whipped the because the curtain fell on all of them. And Charlie's like, <laughs> where are the ducks? It's like, great. We know you kids are going to be trouble now. Apparently, the kids in the audience think that's funny. Because... They're the ones that are dressed in letterman jackets that look like normal kids because they don't have a dress code. I think that's funny. Okay, so I guess that was Guy's voice because we get a picture of some guy in an Al Borland flannel shirt with gray hair. I'm guessing that's Newt Gingrich or whatever his name is. He knows Wayne Newton. That's Wayne Newton? I don't think so. And this guy in the background that's got, like, a t-shirt that says Newt. N-E-W-T. When has Wayne Newton ever went by Newt? I don't know. I 
I don't know if he's got nicknames or not. Now, Ken Wu's a little nervous, like, Charlie, man, this is not a good start to our year. I can't get in trouble. What is going on? It's like, I don't think you're necessarily in trouble, but you will have a talking to about what's acceptable and what's not at this snot-nosed, nose-up-the-ass, like, prep school. So Charlie's all like, hey, don't worry, Kenny, all right? These preppers, they ain't gonna do anything to us. We're golden. Because we're the ducks. There's this giant picture window-esque looking ant farm. And Charlie's like, check it out, Antsville. Like, those ants will come back, I promise. We have not seen the last of them. I never had an ant farm as a kid. The only thing I think, when I think ant farm, I think of Elf. When Willie gave him that little plastic glass ant farm and he left it on the windowsill and then the ants like died and then elf had a funeral and it was like um like all every single name he had for every single ant in the ant farm like this person and the, or that ant and this ant and gooey and schmooey and theodore and elvin simon and huey dewey louie and all that those aren't real ants there's nothing moving there's nothing there. This guy, like, pops his face right in there because the kids are all looking at the the ants, and he's like, Mr. Bowtie is all like, you've learned a lot from ants. Ah! His face is, like, right in, in their face. And it's like, dude, you look like Jim Varney, who played Ernest. I mean, it's not. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. It's not earnest. Brazilian fire ants can teach them a lot about working together and pride and all that shit. A successful societal structure. Oh my god. They're just ants for fuck's sake. <laughs> they're not the end all be all race. Like they're just ants doing what they do day in day out. They have no life goals. Their goal is just to gather sand and and, and other things and all that. And working together, that's about it. They will never see a life outside of that. Well, actually, they will, but <laughs> that's later. This guy keeps going on with these damn ants. Like, see, that's the queen. The rest are dedicated worker ants, and everyone pulls their weight. So basically, he's trying to, like, tie that in with Eden Hall's, like, philosophy or mission statement or whatever it is. I <laughs> Russ is hilarious. I love how he's got like a, like, he's really intently listening, shaking his head, nodding his head, like in everything that this guy says. Nobody complains. There's harmony and growth. Same here at Eden Hall. It's like, only you are the workers, the backbone. And of course, Russ is like, and you're the queen? <laughs> Like, snicker, like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, Russ. Where would we be without your antics and your silly remarks? Damn, this lady. What happened to you, girl? The lady was a principal in the first movie. Now she's been regulated to be a teacher at Eaton Hall. Like, every Monday, you'll have a practice quiz. Every Wednesday, you'll have a real quiz. Every Friday, you'll have an exam. And anytime I feel like it, you'll have a quiz or an exam. So, the duck kids are not the only one. And it... It spends a lot of time with the new ducks, like their expressions. But every other kid behind them in the seats are also like mouth agape, like, what? Kind 
get to see like different classes, you know, from math, I guess that's what that was, to history class. And this guy is just talking about the, the press, the present, or the present of the past, holding a giant ass book that he slams down on Charlie's desk. He's got a damn It's like the Travelocity Gnome. Where the hell did you pull that from? <laughs> Is this guy like also a theater major? Like a dwarf on the shoulders of a giant as he's holding the book in one hand and plops down the gnome on the on top of the book. He slams the book onto the dwarf. Like if the dwarf, dwarf grows careless and forgets his place. Basically telling the students, if you slip up, I will bring you down. So mind yourselves while you're in my classroom, basically. Oh, it's Fulton's desk that he does that. What is that shirt that Fulton's wearing? It's like got like like skeleton, like almost like the CI CSI show that would like go into full detail with certain aspects of murders and stuff and actually go like play out in full detail like how things happen. It's just really in depth. Alright, we got Louise here who's checking out the uh, the 24-year-old model who's like undercover as an Eden Hall student who's also the girlfriend of the captain of the Eden Hall varsity hockey team. But he's like checking her out, like she looks behind her and he's doing the head and like, hey, what's up? He's so distracted by her ass, he doesn't see good old Cole slash Abraham come up behind him and check him hard into the lockers. <clears throat> oh yeah, because uh, old uh, brown hair is all like, oh, well, is he looking at my girlfriend? Of course, Cole slash Abraham's like, oh, I'm going to check him right into the lockers. Ugh! Did uh, Luis get a earring between the second and third movie? Because he's got an earring. Okay, here we get to meet Brighton from The Nanny, who is the... He's like the Mouth McFadden of one of... Uh, from One Tree Hill. He's the Mouth McFadden of Eden Hall, who... Mouth McFadden played by Lee Norris, who also is most famously from season, I believe, one and maybe two, or just one of Boy Meets World. He played Minkus. The guy's like, oh, oh wow, a hard check into the boards. That has to hurt. Granted, poor Ken Wu. He doesn't even have a book bag. He's carrying his books with his brown, he's brown bagging his lunch. As Cole slash Abraham steals it from him, like, oh, this work makes me hungry. What the fuck is that? Oh, that's got to be that that goalie who was in the second movie who's also in this movie. Scooter. I think his name is, like, Scooter or Skeeter or something. I don't know. Oh, Brown here, here. It's like, poor Ken Wu was like, what the hell? But old Brown here is all like, here, I'm going to take my palm and, like, shove it in your face and shove you away. Like, <laughs> you're not getting your lunch back. Why does Ken Wu not have a bag? He's got, like, four books, one of which is huge. Everyone else got backpacks. What's up with you, bro? You didn't bring your backpack? Of course, Abram is like, <laughs> homework on the first day, man. I don't believe it. <laughs> it's crazy. Goldberg's like, yeah, man, I know. <laughs> we better be careful. We're going to learn something here. 
And now Charlie is going to run into, I believe her name is Linda. So he comes down the stairs. We meet Linda. She's like, oh, you signed a position, petition? And of course, he looks at her and it's like, she's the most beautiful creature to ever walk the earth. Like, heart eyes emojis. He's like, oh, yeah, sure. And I'm like, uh, you don't know what. You just said sure to a petition. You don't even know what it's about. He's like, yeah, sure, I'll sign it. So they're demanding that the board change the demeaning warrior name. Of course. Oh, he doesn't sign it, but he's all like, well, the warrior, that's not a bad name. I mean, you got the Indians, the Braves, the Redskins. You can't really say Indian anymore. The Blackhawks. Of course, Linda just looks at him like, you're a jock, aren't you? And I'm like, bitch, you see he's wearing a fucking hockey jersey? What do you think he wears that? For bed? Probably does. I wouldn't be surprised if he wears that to bed, too. Like, in just the hockey jersey... No boxers. He's like, yeah, I play hockey. I'm the fact. As he leans into her, so like she'd be so impressed. Like, huh, I'm the captain of the new JP team. What do you think of that? And she's like, huh, you know what? Forget about it. I'm sorry I even asked. All you warrior jocks stick together. Bitch, why the hell did you even approach his ass? I mean, he's wearing a hockey jersey for fuck's sake. Are you a jock? No, I'm actually into political science. <laughs> But I'm not a warrior. I'm a duck. Well, you're not going to be a duck for much longer. The only thing that's going to represent you being a duck is that jersey. Okay, so yeah, she's getting the, gir the girl part to uh, sign the petition. So the ducks see the rink for the first time, and I guess it's pretty impressive. I mean, we see a shit ton of banners, so they definitely have a lot to work towards. They all say state champs. Goldberg, of course, always thinking about the food. Like, you know, I bet they even have a snack bar here. They're like, wow, look at that. They're huge. They won a lot of championships. And, of course, Charlie's all like, they're not so hot. It's like, he Charlie is, like, the same height as Averman. He's, like, taller than all of them. Did he shoot up, like, six inches between the second and third film? <laughs> and kind of so like, come on, guys, we can skate out there. Of course, now we gotta get Mr. Brown here. We gotta get Cole slash Abraham and, of course, Scooter Skeeter, the goalie, to all be like, oh my gosh, look at those little twerps out there. I can't believe it. Oh, my dad slash grandfather said it was all just a publicity stunt. No shit! Of course it was a publicity stunt! So you can get your precious private school on the map. Hey, you know how we'll stand out? Let's get the Mighty Ducks who won the Junior Goodwill Games to go to our school. So we'll up attendance. Gonna wind up killing the school's reputation. Are you... F Your dad slash grandfather is a fucking moron. Okay, we don't need to call them rejects. Like, oh, they should have stayed on their own side of the tracks. He says them rejects should have stayed on their own side of the tracks. And of course, Scooter slash Skeeter says... Those rejects. Basically schooling him in proper pronunciation. Like, besides, we don't have tracks, Cole. 
He said there's no trains, therefore no tracks. Do you get that? Of course, he's like, oh, well, they should stay out of our school. It's like, come on, we're on the same team, Mr. Brown here says. Don't confuse Cole slash Abraham. Yeah, Cole slash Abraham. Don't get smart when they go. Oh, his name is Scooter. Hey, come on, Scooter, we're on the same team here. Whatever. You know better than to confuse Cole, we're on the same team. Every pore of his face is dripping with sweat, yet the other guys are just like... Not not a not a drop of sweat, not even a drop of moisture is even on their face. You guys really should have held off from entering the ice until after the varsity got the fuck out of there. We don't need a altercation. Cause the varsity brown haired guy is all like, hey, if it isn't Captain Ducky, because Charlie's wearing his duck jersey with a C on it. And of course, Fulton it's going to be like the bodyguard. Like, hey, get your hands off him. Yeah, you guys, ugh. don't touch people. Don't touch. Hands off. Hands to yourself. And Cole slash Abraham's like, oh, look, it's Bash Brother. <laughs> Mr. Pedophile Glasses here is like, hey, break it up. Let's go. We don't need any altercations. Of course... Charlie, now that they have the rink, is like, hey, how about it, cowboy? Round up? Like, hey, get your lasso out. Let's do this. I agree with Connie. It's like, dude, you don't want to be fucking around on the ice. You don't want to be your coach's first impression of you to be horsing around. So she's like, hey, shouldn't we wait for the new coach before we mess around? Of course, Charlie's hey, this is how we practice duck hockey, Connie. You'll have to get used to it sooner or later. Well, even Russ is wearing the only jersey he's got, which is, of course, the Ducks jersey from the sequel. So you represent the OG first movie, and then you represent the sequel with Russ. Then we got Dallas North or Dallas Stars with um, Dwayne there, Sans cowboy hat, because no one's wearing that on the ice. So the kids are gonna have a little fun as he's lassoing them, and of course. Dwayne lassos Charlie, who falls to the ice, and of course, he's on the ground, on the ice, and that's how Coach O'Ryan sees him, like, <laughs> like, skates, like, uh, five inches away from Charlie's face. Charlie is, like, looking up to Coach O'Ryan, like, from the ice floor up to him. So, and this guy's basically no-nonsense. Like, you can call me Coach or Coach O'Ryan. Of course, Charlie, like, takes off his hockey glove and says, Hey, you can call me Charlie, as the other kids giggle. Of course, O'Ryan right away is all like, Well, that must be what the C on your jersey stands for, huh? Because it sure doesn't stand for captain. Like, a real captain wouldn't be horsing around with his teammates on the ice. You'd be waiting respectively over by... The bench or whatever the hell that little corral is called that the hockey players who aren't on the ice at the at the time are sitting. I have no idea what the official term. I'm calling it a corral because I can't. That's not the penalty box. See the kids after Orion says that. He's just like, ooh, this isn't good. And it's like, oh, sorry, coach. We were just messing around, messing with you, you know. Oh, oh, that's Ross saying that. Granted, Gordon, uh, 
uh, Goldberg's like, hey, Bombay gave him that C. I'm like, and? Doesn't mean he's keeping it. You might have been a captain for the Mighty Ducks, but here you're the Eden Hall Warriors. So, yeah. And O'Ryan's like, look, I respect that, but that's the past. You're not Ducks. You're not Ducks anymore. You are Eden Hall Warriors. He sets him straight with, like, look, this is my team now, and I will be selecting the captain. Right away, Charlie's giving him mouth. It's like, oh, you got to be kidding me, right? I mean, you're the rookie here. It's like, Charlie, back the fuck off. Step down. You, no, man. He's, he's channeling, Joshua Jackson's channeling that, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in this movie. I don't want to be in this franchise anymore. But the last, you already gave a shit first impression because you're on the ground of the floor of the ice or however, the and, and you're looking up to your coach. You're already goofing around, so already strike one. You're already kind of on his shit list, the new coach's shit list. Strike two, mouthing off to the coach. Yeah. I don't know, Charlie in this movie, he just, he, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. It's like, this is not the Charlie from the last two movies. Between two and three, he got an attitude, he grew six inches, and he's got a chip on his shoulder. I just remember Charlie, like, having, you know, heart and having a, you know, a lot of heart and just being a little shy and everything and just having a hard time letting things go or letting people go. But now he's all like, hm, fuck this, if you're not going, I ain't listening to your ass. And he's all, you're the rookie here, we all been together for four years. So what, that means you don't have to listen to him? Dude, I'm here because I have to be. I'm here because I'm getting paid to be. You don't want to be there. There's the fucking door. The rest of you, if you want to be here, fine. No one's forcing you. And he's going to bring that up later. Nobody is forcing you to be here. You don't want to be here, fine. But the rest of you, you're going to follow orders. And the kids all kind of agree with Charlie. Like, yeah, we've all known each other for four years. And Orion's like, all right, Charlie, laps right now, go. Think you're going to talk that way to your new coach and you're not going to be punished? Bye. Lucky all he made you do was run laps around the rink. Connie's like, uh-oh. And Charlie's like going toe-to-toe with this guy. He's like, how many coach, Orion? Now he's giving the rest of the ducks a lecture. Like, listen up and listen up good. We're here for one reason and one reason only. Know what that is? It starts with a W. And he's looking at... Why would you be wearing your glasses while you're on the ice? Not to mention, none of these kids are wearing helmets, which I kind of think you should be if you're out on the ice. He take everyone takes one fall, those glasses are fucking gone. Shards in his damn eyeballs. Take them off. I'm sure there's protective wear. For I think he wears some protective, like, eyeglass wear later on in the damn movie. But for heaven's sake, unless he's as blind as a fucking bat, which I don't know, he might be if he takes the glasses off. Okay, starts with a W. A win, Coach Ryan, sir. Coach Ryan's just like, no. And you hear the snickers from Russ in the background. It's like, <laughs>
starts to rest quick and corrects himself. Oh my god, the death look, the death glare that Orion gives Rust. Like, you better collect yourself, son. The work. High school hockey is very hard work. I'm sure it's no different than the schoolwork they do. And he's like, and it all begins with defense. Like, alright, he's gonna put the kids through their paces, kind of see what they have to offer, like, what their best qualities are, all that good stuff. So he's seen their tapes, he's studied the players, he kind of can see, like, I know you can score goals, I just don't know if you can stop them. Looking at you, Goldberg! We didn't really get to see, uh, Julie the Cat and Gaffney do any of that in, uh, the sequel. Or if you did, it was, like, for a hot second. Oh, thanks! I like his hair. It is parted down the middle. It's a lot better than that whole, like, side part comb-over deal he had going on. I just, I didn't like that in the last movie. He, well, he got tall, too. He's probably tall, as tall as Charlie, if not maybe a smidge taller. Kids shoot up like weeds, I'm telling you. They're eating their Wheaties. Orion's like, I just don't know if you can stop him. And Goldberg's like, hey. And Orion just looks at him like, you want to say something, son? The look that he gives him. Like, excuse me? Are you questioning my authority? And he's like, look, you're not kids and you're not little ducks anymore. So I'm not going to treat you that way. They're 14 years old. Yes, they're still kids, but it's like, this is high school. What is the next step up from this? I mean, if they're not peewees anymore, is this like a, what is it? There's a term like it's like a bantam league or something like that. Two-way hockey, offense and def defense. He's like, it's going to take one thing. Of course, he's getting back on Averman here. Probably going to get it wrong again. Starts with a W. Looking at you, Averman. To work, Coach O'Brien, sir. Wrong. And Dwayne just kind of hits. Averman, like, oh, dude, will. Like, isn't that a thing? Real will if you want to play in my barn. Barn? What? I would say it's going to take real will if you want to play on my rink or something. Barn? Where the hell did that come from? You pull that one out of your ass? You a farmer? <laughs> All right, so we're going to test everyone's shot. And, of course, Go uh, Goldberg, the goalie, sucks as always, so he can't stop shit. Everyone's getting it right between Goldberg's legs. Every damn one of them is. And Orion's watching this. It's like, well, clearly this guy. And then it's like, all right, Goldberg, you're out. Julie the Cat Gaffney, get your ass in there. Okay. And he can see that she is a hell of a better player than he, Goldberg, would ever be able to be. So I understand where he makes Julie the head goalie. Like, she's one. Goldberg, you're two. He's like, what? I can't believe that. Well, maybe if you stop some damn pops, your ass will be number one. We all remember from D2 that Ken Wu was brought onto the Ducks team for hockey reasons, but he also does the figure skating. As we see him do a little twirl in the air and slam into Goldberg. And Orion is like, hey, Barishnikov, knock that off. It's like, we don't need the fancy tricks. Just show what you can do minus the figure skating skills. 
Yeah, he just looks at Goldberg. Hey, hey, Goldberg, when was the last time you practiced? I'm guessing never. I'm guessing the last game, the Goodwill Championship Games. He's like, oh, we don't really practice per se. More like you don't practice. Like, oh, we either play or play around, you know, have fun. The guy's not amused. Like, get, get the fuck out of here. Oh, you know that thing that makes you smile and laugh? <laughs> the guy is like, just get out of here. I don't want to stare. I don't, I don't want to. Mm. I love Orion, like, the scrutinizing look that he gives Goldberg. Like, do I look like someone who plays and plays around? Because I don't. Now, he saves that time for his daughter. He wears two hats. He wears his dad hat. He wears his coach hat. And never the twain shall mix. There we go. We got it. You got it, girl. You go, Julie the Cat Gaffney. That's her entitled full name. Blocking them all. Good girl. You go. All right. The kids are acting like they worked like from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. on the ice all day. And they really haven't. They've probably been out there for like an hour. So, of course, Charlie is going to rant and rave and be a little bitch. I'm going to teach you to play like what? Starts with a W. And someone's like, wussies. Because this is a Disney movie. Other even say... Search with a P! Pussies! Yeah. Of course, Orion comes in like, hey, look, Eden Hall Academy requires you to maintain a C average to compete. Of course, that's not going to fly with him. Like, I believe that's a bad rule because the kid's like, oh, cool, C average ain't bad. But what they think? Like, oh, I think that's a bad rule. What do they think? He's like, oh, you need a D to be able to compete? No. What's he say? B or better, basically? I don't want any C players on my team. B or better. You're going to be riding the pine pony. <laughs> I've never heard it called that. So basically your ass is riding the bench. The pine pony, as he calls it. 15 minutes after each practice to clear this locker room. So you got homework to do. Oh, and one more thing. Please stay away from the varsity until the championship game at the end of the year. Until we play them in the JV varsity showdown. That is... <laughs> to the Iceland versus the Team USA. I mean, that was stake. That was high stakes. This is gobbledygook bullshit. Like, I'm sure they're like, well, we'll stay away from them if they stay away from us. Like, you might want to tell them to stay away from us. Like, what? So they can rag on us all they want, but we can't fight back, basically. So, Rush is like, 15 minutes to clear the locker room? Man, I can't even move. I cannot move. Well, then you better hurry. Like, Come on. Charlie's only, oh my gosh, look, he posted our positions. Let's see what we got. I'm so excited. Of course, Fulton's pissed off. Like, I don't believe this. I played left side, not right. Russ is uh, third line. Okay. Don't know what that is. Uh, cause I don't play hockey. I don't know really any of the terms. Man, that's a major diss. Fuck that guy. Banks, of course, does not see his name up there. I'm not even posted. And Carney's like, oh yeah, yeah, there you see, third line center right there. And he's like, oh my gosh, varsity. It's like, I made varsity? So he's not even on the fucking team. He's on the varsity team. 
Bulbert's like secure in his position. Like, hey, that's a good thing about being goalie. You always know where you stand. I just mind my business. Take my place between the pipes. Of course, Averman's got bad news for him. Like, hey, you're riding the pine pony, pal. And Goldberg's like, what? Like, Julie's one. You're two. He's like, I'm back up? Well, you didn't get any shots. You didn't stop any of them. So, yeah, I agree with Orion. I mean, Julie all the way. He goes up there and he's like, oh, who's Captain Timid? It means to be decided, basically. All right, so we get a little bit. We see Charlie Conway center. We got Julie Gaffney goalie. We got... Gee, right wing, Louise Mendoza, left wing. And of course, Gee has to explain what TBD stands for. It's like, oh yeah, I get that. Thanks, Gee. Uh, wait, no, I don't. That's your role, Charlie. It's like, well, not anymore. Everyone has to adjust to these new changes. Honestly, it looks like the only two that are getting anything out of this, Julie, because she's head goalie, and Banks, who basically made it on varsity. Like, okay. These kids look like they raked the high heaven of stinky sweat because they just played a shit ton of hockey. Of course, hey, we get to meet old mullet-haired Hans. I, no, come on. You're, you're a thinny. You don't want to have long hair. I mean, it's not like going flowing down his back. But it's just like, unless it's a fall, I think that guy grew his hair out. Of course, Charlie's going to go hang out with Hans for a while and bitch to him. Can you believe this Coach O'Brien guy? I can't believe it. I used to be captain. Now I'm not captain anymore. Eh. He's going to have a little bitch fit sesh with uh, Hans, who's just like, Charlie, I I, I don't want to. I don't want to listen to this. I really don't care about your complaining. I miss Gordon Bombay. I really wish Bombay was our coach. Well, he's not. He's busy working with the Junior Goodwill game committee at the director of whatever. Player people, personnel, or whatever. He's like, hey, how'd you know it was me? And Hans is like, hmm, only two people can open a door so sadly. You and Gordon. Because you're basically cut from the same cloth. You both have absentee fathers. One's dead, the other one just up and left. Oh, he's doing the ketchup I injured myself thing like he probably tried to do to Gordon. Of course, Charlie's wife's like, don't try to cheer me up with the old ketchup routine. Like, give me a tourniquet, Charlie. He's being a dick to Hans. Like, dude, you came here to visit him. You came there to visit him. And you're going to have a stick up your ass. Like, you can turn around and go back out where you came from. I don't want to listen to this. Like, then why are you there? If he's not there to cheer you up, then why did you come? Because he wants someone to agree with him. Like, oh. like yeah, school sucks. Our hockey coach is an asshole. Have you heard of Ted O'Ryan? He's like, yeah, I heard of him. I mean, uh, he left in his prime, the North Stars. And, of course, translate, this guy is no duck. More like translation, this guy is no Bombay. And... Basically, Hans is like, look, you could play this two ways. You could be an all-out asshole to this guy, or you could actually learn from him and stop being a little bitch. So, yeah, Hans is like, yeah, perhaps you should show him the way. And Charlie's like, well, the guy doesn't seem to be open to new learning experiences. And, of course, Hans is like, well, the question is, are you? It's like, he definitely tell, can tell that Charlie is just, he's got this wall up. And he just, 
that's the thing about Charlie. He just holds on to things for so long and he can't adapt. I know changes changes hard for me too, but I'm not going to immediately put up a wall and just treat a new person like, I don't want you here. I don't want to be here. I'm going to make your life miserable. It's my way or the highway, basically. That kind of attitude. Okay, well, that was a quick little visit that lasted less than five minutes. So now we're going back to Eden Hall. It's the next day. They have a buffet of food, and Goldberg is crying, whining to Averman about this whole Julie's one, I'm two thing. Oh, she's got the quicker glove, but who's got the better stick? Better stick? Dude, you're letting every single puck go through your legs. You are doing nothing to stop them. If you're a goalie, you're going to at least make an attempt, and he's not doing any of that. Like, let's hope it hits my stick so that way I can attempt to stop it. And he doesn't. And Averman is just like, it's like, yeah, you do, Goldberg. It's like, I'm so tired of hearing about this. As soon as I got here, you won't shut the fuck up about it. Like, who's got the game experience? It's like, dude, she was the best in Maine, okay? What are you? What do you got? Not a thing. Of course, Julie being faster and quicker counts on the level of high school high. Holy Jesus. Look at the f spread of food on their trays. I mean, you got your corn dogs. You got your baked potatoes. You got your mashed potatoes. You got your mac and cheese with, like, burnt crispy chip. That sounds really good. What the hell is supposed to be in that bowl? Uh, he's got a cheesecake. He's got, a, like, a pulled pork burger or whatever. He's got, what the hell is that supposed to be? Garlic bread? I can't tell. Yeah, basically it's like, I think it'd be easier if she, you had her gain a few pounds. So he's gonna like say, oh, Julie, you have to bulk up if you're gonna be number one as a goalie. Like, eat, 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 eat. So she, of course, is gonna take his advice because I don't know why she's even listening to Goldberg. And, of course, she's, like, running on fumes when she gets to practice. Like, just really... And then she ralphs. Like... They're all on just taking Ken Wu's lunch. Like, oh, well, yesterday's lunch was great. What do you got here today? Uh, bag of chips? Oh, that'll be yummy. He throws it to, like, one of the uh, Eden Hall Warriors guys that are all sitting at the- Here you go, here's some chips, let's see what else we got. And poor Ken Woo was like, hey, can I get my chips back? <laughs> Actually reaching for it, like, no, no, no. Some cookies? Alright, you got Charlie, Russ, and Fulton are like, what the fuck? What? We're supposed to stay away from the varsity, but it's kind of hard when they actually seek us out to torment us. And Fulton's all like, oh man, if Portman were here, we'd beat the fuck out of those guys. They probably would. But you're Sans of Ash, brother, so I don't know what to tell you. Just gonna have to go with Charlie's wit as a replacement. Charlie's gears are turning. He's like, hey, see those horses? See those big piles of shit they're dropping? Let's go and uh, pretend like, oh, let's brown bag that and pretend they're brownies. And I was thinking about this the other day. Horse shit. 
stinks to high heaven. Any form of shit is going to stink, right? So they brown bag this horse shit. Somehow the brown bag magically masks the scent of it. You would smell that seeping through the bag. And Cole slash Abraham, like, grabs, like, hey, I'm going to take your lunch. He's like, oh, no, don't take my lunch. My mom made me brownies. And it's like, and Cole, like, pulls out the bag. He's like, what kind of brownies are these? You have, like, no brain in your fucking head. And Charlie's like, oh, man, I got to tell my mom to stop putting horse turds in the recipe. Or horse shit in the recipe. We got a little thing here with Linda, who <laughs> is just sitting at a table, and this bitch cheerleader comes up. She's like, uh, this seat is taken. And Linda's like, well, no one's sitting in it. This is the cheerleading section. What the hell is that? Warrior cheerleaders only. Oh my god, these girls are so stuck on themselves. It's not even funny. The girl's like, are you a cheerleader? And I love Linda's response. Do I look like an idiot? Like, do I look like a bitch? Because <laughs> that girl would be straight up a bitch. Like, dude, did your parents pay for those seats? They probably did. Louise, of course, can't take the hint. Apparently that uh, smash to the lockers was not uh, hint enough for him. Because he sits down next to old blonde model undercover student. Hey, how you doing? And, of course, the girl's like, the freshman girls are over there. I mean, not that she's not enjoying the flirting of Benny the Jet, mind you. I don't like the earring. I'm sorry. And his hair is so different. He's got a gelled back 90s boy band style. Like he came fresh out of NSYNC. Like he was a backup for NSYNC, which he wasn't. Like, yeah, girls, I know, but I'm in search of a real woman. He's not gonna suck your knob. Just walk away. Like, you're crazy, you know that? He's like, yes, crazy. Of course, loco, of course, for you. Just give me five minutes after school and I will die a happy man. She ain't gonna suck you off. Just slow your roll and get the fuck out. If you don't beat it, my boyfriend will beat your ass. He gets pretty jealous. She waves to Mr. Brown Hair, captain of the varsity. He's actually disappointed when she turns around from waving to her boyfriend to see that the seat next to her where Louise just sat is empty. So she likes the attention, of course. No, he's downstairs, or downstairs, yeah. He's underneath the tables, checking out their vajayjays through their cheerleading skirts. And oh my gosh, yes, don't we just love Louise, like, looking at the camera with an eyebrow raise, like, <sighs> So while that's going on, we got Charlie Fulton and I think Russ are outside, they have, like, I don't know if you want to call them security guards or what they are, patrolling the premises on horseback, so, yeah. But Goldberg has also got an array of baked goods that he has for Julie to eat. He's like, oh, you're going to need a lot of energy to play on this level, you know, carbo-loading and such. And I'm like... Oh my gosh, girl, you are smarter than this. He picks up, like, um, a giant pastry filled with 
delicious cream says this thing here is packed with energy it's like a giant long curly donut filled with cream like oh come on girl i love how averman's sitting across from goldberg and julie and he's just starting to laugh like uh i mean it does look good i mean i'd eat it he even tells her i could be your nutritional advisor if you want free of charge so yeah of course she doesn't think oh no my teammate won't try to sabotage me because he wants me out of the number one spot so the guys come in, they got the horse turds in the brown paper bag. <laughs> you would be smelling that. There's no way in hell you wouldn't be smelling that through the bag. Of course, when Cole pulls out the, uh, the horse shit, we hear a horse whinnying sound. Like, we know it's horse shit. You don't need to remind us. We saw them outside with the horses. Then what the hell kind of brownies are these? So of course Charlie's like, I gotta tell, I gotta tell her to stop using horse turds in the recipe, <laughs> and they get the hell out of there. Of course the horse turds are flung in the air, land on the cheerleading table. The girls all freak out and scream and run out of the cafeteria. And I love um, Linda's response. Oh, thank you for not letting me sit with you. <laughs> so basically, you have all of Eden. Hall Varsity running after Charlie and Russ and um, Fulton. What is with the fucking sound effects in this movie? The horse whinny, the brake squealing as the three boys, um, Cole and whatever the hell that dark haired guy's name is who's like the captain of the Varsity team. Like skid to a halt when they see the Dean like, hey, nice day, nice day, yeah. So now we're at practice, and of course, Julie ate all those baked goods. Now she's sick. And even Coach O'Ryan is like, hey, cat lady, where's your energy? And you see her going, Ugh, I'm going to be sick. And she, like, barfs all over. I'm guessing that's where the team is supposed to sit while they're not on the ice. So now we see... Charlie and Fulton. Charlie's all like, this is crap. I can't play for this drill sergeant. And Fulton's like, hey, look, play for us, okay, Charlie? The Ducks, come on, man. Like, <sighs> So basically, Fulton is Charlie's support system right now, like, to keep him on track. Like, hey, keep your head in the game. Don't worry about the coach. Just remember when we were all Ducks and we worked together, just focus on that. So Charlie and Fulton are kind of working together on helping each other out. You know, Fulton say, you know, telling Charlie to stay positive. And Charlie is like, oh, Fulton, you got to work on your form. Bend your knees, slow stride, stuff like that. As they pass Julie, who's still barfing. And Orion is like, hey, Julie the cat, what's the matter? <laughs> you cough up a furball? Of course, Goldberg gets in like, oh, coach, that's funny. <laughs> I like that furball. Yeah, it's like, get the fuck out of my, get out of here, Goldberg. So I guess Charlie is trying to clear the puck from behind the net. And Coach O'Brien, or Orion, excuse me, is yelling at Charlie like, all right, freeze, all of you freeze. And he's telling them, where's the one place you never want to clear the puck from? And Charlie's all like, look. 
I'm a scorer, not a defenseman. And it's like, dude, I don't give a fuck what you were when you were for the Ducks. Right now, you're a defenseman, and you're going to listen to what your coach says. So pretty much, Coach O'Ryan just puts uh, Charlie in a timeout. Or puts him in the penalty box or whatever. Hopefully it's not the one that Julie was like puking into a moment ago. Just, Orion turns to the other kids. Anyone else share his opinion? Not happy with where I placed you? Of course, Charlie's pretty much alone on this. He's on an island to himself at the moment. The kids know enough to keep their fucking mouth shut. Like, if you're going to grouse about this, you do it. When you're, like, in the dorms or wherever the heck you're staying. I don't think they're in the dorms. I think that they're staying wherever they're staying. At their prospective homes or whatever. Or, I don't know. He's giving the kids, the remaining kids, a lecture. Like, hey, what's one thing all great teams have in common? Of course, Averman's like, great coaching. And the coach is like, don't try to suck up to me, Averman. I already hate you. So... So he pretty much explains the difference between defense and scoring. Unlike scoring, defense never quits. Apparently confidence is key to great defense. So he's pretty much telling them all about confidence and how to hold on to it. It's confident. It's one thing to be confident when you have the puck. It's another thing to be confident when life throws its little hits and what have you, you know, things hit you unexpectedly. So he's like, don't be careless, but don't be too careful either. You cannot be afraid to lose. Gotcha. All right. That's, that's a great, um, pep talk there, sir. So apparently Charlie's waiting for the bus on the bench that Linda is occupying. So he sits down and he just kind of like, you are just like the rest of those snobs. And she's like, I am not a snob. Like, dude, if you're gonna sit here and treat me like shit, you can get off my damn bench, cause I don't wanna hear it. It's like, pretty much he's had a shit day, so he wants to make sure this girl has a shit day too, or just he treats her like garbage. He pretty much says, you don't like me because I'm an athlete. That's a snob. Uh, what? He's like, you don't even know me. She kind of comes off like, well, if I knew you, I wouldn't like you. It's based on his shit attitude. Like, dude, you're coming off on me calling me a snob. And you're like, oh, well, if you knew me, you don't, I mean, you don't even know me. And it's like, yeah, if I did knew you, I probably wouldn't like you because of the way you're coming off right now. So Charlie shakes her hand, says, I'm a 14-year-old, almost six foot, non-smoking Leo. I like hockey, pizza, and music. I dislike everything about that school. Of course, he gets his flirt on. He's like, oh, uh, except for maybe you. No, you try. So Linda says, yeah, I'm Linda. I don't like it here either. Clearly, it was not her desire to come to that school. That was probably on her parents. And Charlie's like, oh, what about pizza? And she's like, oh, yeah, I like pizza. And he's like, well, music. And she's like, of course I like music. She likes Pantera. Charlie, like, oh, wow, no way, I love Pantera. 
<laughs> well, they found some common ground. They both like pizza, they hate it at school, and they love Pantera. It's a match made in heaven. How about that? He's like, all right, well, seems like the only thing we don't agree on is hockey. What do you not like about it? I mean, is it too violent? And she reveals she's never actually even been to a game. That's a heck of an, an assumption to say about something that you've never either watched a game, either on TV or even in person, but... I mean, I'm trying to think, does she even give reasons as to why she doesn't like it? And he's like, oh, what is it, too violent? You don't understand the rules? I've been to hockey games. I, I, I like watching hockey. I went to a couple games. I might not get all the rules, but I get the gist of it. Football is a whole other game. I just, I don't want to understand it. I, not into football. And baseball, just like, uh, another one of the, I want something simple. You know, um, hockey, um, soccer is pretty easy to get. You just, basketball is pretty, you, you, you throw the, the thing in the net and you score a goal, right? There, simple, simple. But then when you're talking about football, you got yards and this and that, and it's just like my head is just, I don't get it. I don't, I don't want, I put my foot down. I'm like, I don't want to know football. Charlie's like, wow, I mean, you've never heard of the Anaheim Mighty Ducks? I mean, they named a pro team after us. I love how she's like, I'm sorry, I don't know that. (laughs) And he's like, oh, man. So he's probably going to school her in the entire history of the Mighty Ducks. How they came to be, Gordon Bombay. He's going to give her his whole backstory. So this is a real interesting way of how he gets a date with her, kind of. He's like, oh, well, you know, we have uh, a game Friday. And I was thinking maybe, you know, you can come down. Maybe after we can get on, you know, a Coke after. Snag a Coke or something afterwards. Yes, no Pepsi, but Coke. And she's like... I mean, she maybe feels a, a smidge interested, but the fact that, you know, I still don't know you that well. And apparently Charlie has a nut allergy. Any kind of nut, I swear, I blow up. It's kind of gross. Aw, that's gotta suck. I mean, you can't have pecans, honey roasted peanuts, walnuts, nothing. And not to mention, if he's got a peanut allergy that's really bad, that means no, he can't have peanut butter and nobody around him can have any kind of nut. He also brings up R.E.M., John Woo movies. And Charlie's like, and I really like talking to you. So he's into R.E.M. and John Woo movies. There's some action movies that he's done. Let's see. Hard Target, 93. Broken Arrow, 96. Face Off, 97. Mission Impossible 2, 2000. Um, and a bunch of other things. And he's like, well, what else do you want to know? And she, I don't know. Just keep talking as they get on the bus together. I love how he's not subtle, like, when she gets on the bus, she's like, yes! Ah, you. I mean, Charlie's cute, but that, that attitude, I I would not be able to take that at all. All Alright, it's the first game. It's the Eden Hall Warriors, who were once the Mighty Ducks, facing off against the Blake Freshman Bears. Alright, so we see uh, the seniors, and Banks is with them wearing a Warriors sweatshirt. They even have a jazz section in the audience playing. That's great. Oh, that's sweet. Casey came to see her son's first game. Gordon couldn't make it because he's busy working with the junior junior Goodwill games. So, And Hans is listening at home. Of course, Banks is definitely going to cheer on his old team. Of course, the, the kids want to bring in the duck 
you know, Mighty Ducks memories were doing the quack, 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 quack. And of course, Orion's like, eh, no, 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 no. We are the Eden Hall Warriors. None of that quack business here. Pretty much he's shutting down any type of ducks memories of any kind. Like that stuff, you leave that at the door when you enter Eden Hall. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to know about it. You're not a duck. You're Eden Hall Warrior. He's like, what the hell's that? Knock that off. Like, damn, dude. You don't gotta be a dick. So he settles for go team on two. Here we go. One, two. Go team. Ugh. So as soon as Charlie turns his back, he goes to Fulton. Go team. How original. And Averman's like, just get in the game, Charlie. It's like, enough of your damned attitude. And Fulton's like, let's do it, Charlie. Let's do this. So apparently, Charlie has been the captain for the team since District 5. He is not the captain right now because he has to earn that spot. You don't just get it handed to you. Charlie spots Linda in the stands and she waves to him. Aww. I like how he puts up his helmet and, like, waves to her. Oh, it's adorable. Charlie scored the first goal. Yay! Of course, Banks is going to clap and cheer and stand up, but one of the senior guys, like, pulls him back down. Like, no, 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 we're not cheering for them. Of course, Charlie's got to skate by Linda and throw his arms up and she's clapping and smiling at him. We see Hans at home listening to the radio like, that's my ducks. So Orion is just being a dick. He's like, hey, knock off the celebration. Act like you've scored before. It's like, basically, like, let's be professional. I know you want to celebrate. You scored the first goal. Great. But let's not have it be overkill. Poor Julia, she's like, come on, guys, give me something to do. Russ, of course, is going to do his knuckle puck. Come on with that. Oh, I get it. We got to get the Ducks old tricks from, like, D2 and probably the first movie in here because this movie just is, is a bit bland. The Ducks, I mean, I get it. The kids feel out of their element and everything, and the coach is being an asshole. So it's like they're trying to pull something from the old days to remind them when hockey felt fun and great and not them, you know, being coached by a drill sergeant. I really, uh, you guys, you've heard me say, I'm not a fan of Goldberg. And the, um, I'm gonna just keep calling them the Ducks. I don't care what Orion says. Like, they're the Ducks to me. I'm calling them the Ducks. And they're scoring. It's awesome. And Goldberg's all, like, to the ref, like, hey, you could call this thing right now. We can get home in time to see Melrose. <laughs> Guy just kind of looks at Goldberg, like, behind his shoulder, like, the fuck? Go away, kid. Of course, I thought they... Worked on this shit in the second movie. Louise apparently can't stop. He scored, but he ends up hitting the uh, plexiglass behind the goal. The hell? I get, like I said, yeah, the movie is kind of bland if you don't throw these things in there. Like, hey, remember when the Mighty Ducks movies were good? Back in uh, the first movie in D2? They're trying to bring that back. Oh my goodness gracious, yes. Now we got Dwayne, who's like, oh my god. I'm surprised he doesn't have his lasso with him. 
Because he's, like, using the puck, like, bouncing it on his stick. It's like, what the heck? And, guys, we know that this would not work in regular hockey. You can't just be bouncing the puck on your stick. Okay, these Bear Creek, whatever the fuck they're called, bear something or other, freshman bears, they suck. It's like they're not even fucking trying. I don't know what they're at. I think they're at like six to nothing or something at this point. Now Dwayne scored. Good. Dwayne, Louise, Russ, Charlie. They haven't brought out um, Fulton yet, but that'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> poor Julie the Cat Gaffney. I'm down here. Give me something to do. I'm so bored. All right, speaking of Fulton, here we come. He's gonna, he's gonna knock it right in there. Just like all the others have done. Apparently, when Fulton makes the shot, it lands in one of the player's gloves, has him spinning around, and has the puck just, like, thrown from the player's hands into the goal. I guess that counts. So remember how Ken Wu got schooled in how to uh, deal with an opponent in D2? Russ's older brother showed him? Well, now, Russ is going to teach Ken Wu how to talk smack. To the other players. Ken, Ken's like, hey, Russ, you gotta teach me how to talk some trash. And Russ is like, look, it can't be taught, Kenny man. It's basically, it's gotta be the first thing that comes to your mind. Just go for it. Of course, Ken sees the ref, like, hey, ref! And of course, Russ like puts a gloved hand over Ken's mouth, like, uh, no, you need to pick another target. Oh my god, kid, get some confidence, get some balls. Hey, hey number 44, uh, you, um, uh, uh, you don't, you don't play real good. Ugh. And the guy's like, yeah, right. I'd be like, yeah, right, on your yeah, right, because have you scored yet? You haven't? No? Uh-huh, okay. <laughs> All right, look, you gotta be shorter than that. All right, get to the point. So Ken, like, leans over because they're in the, um, where the players stay, where they're not on the ice. It's like, hey, number nine, bite me. And, of course, the guy who's on the the bear ice player, like, just pushes Ken back into Russ. Like, okay. They are blowing those bears out of the water. They, wow, it's got to be at least ten to zip at this point. Everyone, they keep scoring. So it's nine to zero, okay. So, what the hell's going on now? All of a sudden, I mean, it's 9-0, to zero, and all of a sudden, the bear whatevers get their heads out of their asses or something? Because now, all of a sudden, they're stealing the puck from the, the, the duck warriors. And the ducks are, you know, taking shots on goal, and it's like, all of a sudden, it's like, nope, nope, not gonna happen. Dang, Julie, what the hell have you been doing this whole time? Fucking around, just hands aboard, hands aboard. And, of course, um, the bear whatever's score on them. Uh, man, they got another one. Holy shit. It's like every time a goal is hit on the Duck Warriors, Orion keeps changing the lineup. Like, all right, you can't get you out of here, put you guys in. Let's see if it makes a difference. And it's not helping. Now all of a sudden the bears are like now five points. Like 
I mean, yeah, the Ducks are still, like, four points ahead, but it's like, they're scoring one after another after another. It's like, I guess get Goldberg in there. I know he fucking sucks, but what the hell, Julie? Get your head out of your ass. I think, honestly, the problem is the Ducks got so confident in scoring. So this is kind of what um, Orion was talking about. It's like, the key is defense. You have to be defending the puck from the other players so they can't score on your ass. And they got so confident in the scoring that the Bears were able to get in there and steal the puck and take shots on the goal. And, yeah. So, yeah, now the Bears are uh, up by their... It's now 9-7. to seven. They have seven. I'm like, oh my god. And, and like I said, they just got cocky with all the damn scoring that they weren't even focused on defending. And I'm just like... And then you hear Orion say, Charlie, or no, may, let him make the first move. Charlie had an issue with that in fucking practice. So of course the guy fucking scores on the, the Duck Warriors... Charlie's so fucking pissed, he takes his stick and just slams it against the side of the goalpost. It snaps in half. Of course the ref is going to call on unsportsmanlike conduct. Charlie's going to get a fucking mouth on him like, what? You're pulling the whistle out now? Unbelievable. I can't believe this. Mind you, Linda has seen all of this shit. Like, ugh. Ugh, I knew I was wrong about that guy. It's like, Charlie... You need to fucking knock it out. I'm surprised. Like, you know what? You're done. You're not on the team anymore. I can't handle your shit. You don't want to be here. I don't want you here. No, he's pretty much in the penalty box. We don't need your piss poor attitudes soiling this team. So, of course, we got brown hair's grandfather slash father. I'm like, oh my gosh. Is that sportsmanship? That sportsmanship? It's like, fuck off. Again, two minutes in the penalty box. Where has the Warriors defense gone this period? Says uh, the kid uh, announcer. I'm like, I don't think it was ever fucking there to begin with, to be honest. They just, as soon as they started, hit that first, they scored that first goal, it's like, boom, 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 boom. One right after another scoring. It's like, fuck the defense. We don't need it. We're scoring on them like no tomorrow. It's fine. But of course, the bear players get their first wind and they're like oh fuck we're coming for your asses and they're scoring boom 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 so it's like we're not taking this line down anymore we're gonna come back with the vengeance and the ducks like i said their mind was so focused on scoring that they didn't even contemplate oh maybe we should like try to keep the puck away from them so of course Hans is hearing this from his little radio. It's like, Charlie, calm yourself. Play the game. And it's like, yeah, Charlie, get your fucking head out of your ass. Play the fucking game. That's why you're there. Of course, now Orion's going to bring in Goldberg and pull Gaffney out. Is that going to make a difference? I really don't think it will. What the fucking fuck, Goldberg? Why the fuck are you out of your goddamn net? You stay in the fucking net. You stay in that net and you make sure that puck doesn't get in. And he's relying on the fucking defenseman to keep that puck from going in this now empty net because there's no goalie in it. 
been pulling ill at his ass. Like, okay, Gaffney, get in there. Goldberg's a piece of garbage. He ain't working out. Well, looks, <laughs> this is not good. Nine to eight. So, the Bears got one point away from tying things up with the Duck Warriors. Yeah, Grandpa Dad here to Mr. Brown here saying, Are you telling me my youngest boy isn't good enough to play for this team? Oh my god, I don't give a fuck. He's, I don't, this whole, I mean, and the Dean, what the fuck can he say? Like, you know, it's, clearly this isn't working out. Youngest boy, don't you mean your youngest grandson? Alright, so Blake Bears are gonna, I finally learned their name. Blake Bears, they're pulling their goalie. 30 seconds left and the Warriors are desperately trying to hang on. Alright, here's another thing. Now that they did in practice, Charlie had issues with trying to clear the uh, the puck away from the net. So this is probably going to be another example of where he fails again, where he's not learning from his mistake last time. So they want Charlie to pass the damn puck, and he's being a puck hog. And they pass it, Charlie, knock it off. Just pass the dang puck. Just someone who could probably sc- I don't even know if scoring at this point is really on their mind. I think they just want to keep it away from the um, the Blake Bears. No, Charlie's like, no, I'm going to score. I'm going to score. And it's like, we already technically fucking won by a point. They're like, over here, Charlie, we already won. The fuck you doing? First, Charlie gets tripped. The Blair Bear, the Blair Bear, <laughs> the Blake Bear takes the puck and runs with it. Of course, we still got Goldberg in the net. And I'm sure he's going to be scored on. Wouldn't that tie it up, though? Oh shit, that's right, they pulled the damn goalie! The damn puck is just sailing right into that empty goal! Fuck! Charlie is just like on the ice, just watching helplessly as this thing goes in. Oh wait a minute, oh oh oh, there's still some time left. The Bear Warrior. The Bear Warrior. Dang it! I can't keep these names straight! The Blake Bear runs with the puck, of course, he's heading right for the Duck Warrior's goals. Or the goalpost. Scored right on that as, as Goldberg's like, where's the defense? Really, where is the fucking defense? What are you fucking doing? Nobody was down there to get that puck away from that Blake Bear. Now it's tied. Well, and now everyone's going to take out their anger on Charlie because, of course, they are. At this point, it's open season on his ass of ridicule. So now we're in the locker room and Charlie's like bitching about the fact that the guy hooked me, all right? And of course, they're like, look, Charlie, we didn't need any more fucking goals, okay? Basically, they could have just run out the fucking clock and played keep away from the Blake Bears, and it would have been solid. They'd be celebrating a victory instead of a tie, or I guess in this case, a loss. Oh, yeah, Ken is the one who says, we didn't need any more goals. And then Charlie gets right in... Ken's face saying, hey, listen, I was trying to win it. And Averman's like, well, mission unaccomplished, Charlie. Yeah, they're pretty much all kind of turning on each other. A lot of them are bitching to Charlie because it technically is Charlie's fault, whatever the fuck he was doing at the, on the last half. Charlie starts spouting off, so what are we playing for anyway? Some stupid school, the alumni? I mean, the Warriors? Charlie rips off his jersey like, the Warriors? What the hell are we now? 
Russ gets right in Charlie's face, like, look, man, we're on scholarship. I'm staying. <laughs> yeah, basically, Russ's dad's threat to kick his ass if he fucks up. I mean, like, I gotta stay, dude. Now, Fulton is calling Russ a sellout. Now it looks like the team is slowly starting to be divided. We got Conway and... We got Charlie and Fulton against what the rest of them, whether they're just saying, look, we're going to stay and we're going to work this out. You, it's like, you guys need to, I get it. You have loyalty to Bombay and everything. I get that. But you're letting that cloud your judgment. I get it. It fucking sucks because now you're playing for a school and an alumni that don't fucking want you there to begin with. So they could just say, fuck it, then hockey's done, I'm just going to go back to my regular school or just write off the scholarship. Some of them don't have any choice. Hell, Russ isn't even from Minnesota. He's in fucking Los Angeles. And the same for Louise. He's not a, a, a native of Minnesota. Neither is Julie. Neither is um, Dwayne. They're there because... They're part of the, they're the duck package. So going back for them, leaving this so-called opportunity would be like going back with their tail between their legs saying, I let myself be defeated. Oh yeah, Russ and Fulton get into it. Like, who are you calling a sellout? And they start shoving each other. Ryan finally gets back like, hey, what is going on? Enough of this shit. I thought this guy was gonna fucking punch Charlie. He's like, how long does it take to score a goal? And I don't know what the hell he has in his hand, but he chucks it and it hits the corkboard. It hits it. Oh, it's a puck. It hits the um the list of players and their positions and everything. Less than a second, really. Yeah, so they could have had basically a shutout if Charlie hadn't have fucked up. He gets right in Charlie's face. Like, you got that? Like, no goal should be scored in a shutout. Charlie looks like he is about to explode. He's <laughs> Tomorrow, practice, 5 a.m. Holy shit. Not only do they get that, uh... Ugh, dealing with Orion, dealing with a loss... Now Guy's like, hey, who took my clothes? All their damn clothes have been taken by the seniors, and they're all, like, jumbled together in the damn showers. And they use, like, a shaving cream to spell out freshman stink. So now, of course, the dean is talking to Orion about the fact that, look, we don't... Well... Orion says, I'd rather they would have lost than tied, because at least they would have learned something. And Dean's all like, are you kidding? They really, they need to win. They could lose their scholarships. And it's like, this is fucking bullshit. I honestly gotta say, I mean, the movie's okay. It's the weakest of the three. I like the first one and the second one, but the third one is just fucking bonkers bullshit. What the whole, this is a publicity stunt? To what, get more people to go to your fucking shit private school? Alright, we got Russ, we got Gaffney, we got Ken, they got a liquid nitrogen tank, and they are using it on all the varsities 
clothes, their, their letterman jackets, all that stuff. Of course, lest we forget, Banks is a member of the Varsity. As Russ is like, hey, what about Banksy? And Gaffney's like, well, he's one of them now, isn't he? And Russ is like, well, sad but true. So, of course, we got to get that cake eater line. It's like, oh, sorry, cake eater. So the varsity come to their locker room after practice, and it almost looks like a winter wonderland. Just things are frosted over. Cole takes his stick and kind of touches the jacket, which is as stiff as board. It falls, and it just shatters to the floor. Of course, brown hair looks up when Cole points, and in shaving cream or whatever is used, it says, Varsity sucks ice. And brown hair retaliates by smashing his letterman jacket, and it just <clears throat> explodes. All right. Oh, we got Mickey's dining car. I guess that is a real thing in Minnesota. Cool. Casey and Charlie head in. I guess she's going to start working, and she wants Charlie to sit his ass down and start on his homework. Like, you are not going anywhere. So I guess Casey was late for work. And Charlie sits down and says, like, well, I guess I'm taking a bus home. See you later. And she's like, uh, you sit your ass back down on that stool, buddy. You are doing your homework. But yeah, Casey is really being a mom here. She's like, I just watched you jeopardize your hockey career. I will not let you do it to your studies. And Charlie's like, look, you have no idea what it's like playing for the guy. It's like, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. And she tells him, you know, your behavior out there was juvenile. I don't care who the fuck your coach is. It doesn't mean anything yeah of course charlie's on the because coach o'ryan and she's like because coach o'ryan nothing oh we get a coach bombay reference and she's like you used to feel the same way about coach bombay remember and she tells him the only thing that needs to change around here is your attitude and he's all like what oh give me a break and he just walks out i mean what the hell else is she gonna do ground his ass most likely probably all right, well, looks like we're back at Eden Hall. Everyone's drinking, you know, Coke, Cherry Coke. They're having their Doritos. They're having their high C. A lot of product placement here. I don't see anything else that I recognize. Maybe there might be a Lunchable in there. So, apparently, the varsity got new jackets, and they want to congratulate the freshmen, you know, the Warriors, on, you know, their loss <laughs> their tie and I guess they want to take him out to dinner that is a red flag right there if I ever thought if I ever heard one all of a sudden they want to be all nicey nicey I'm like fuck you and the horse you came in on I'm not going anywhere with you an Eden Hall tradition where the varsity get to treat the freshmen to dinner that is the biggest bunch of bull that I've ever heard Steak and seafood at the Minnesota Club. Sounds like a ritzy, like, country club thing. Like, oh, man. But, of course, Banks is like, hey, look, it's cool. And everyone's like, well, I mean, Banks says it's cool. So, I mean, okay, cool, we'll go. Ritzy as fuck! We got a guy out here wearing a damn top hat! Holy shit! He's like full Downton Abbey here! And valet, all that red rope, red carpet. I, oh, it would be suspicious as hell. I, I don't even care if Banks said it was cool. Like, I am not, mm, mm, mm. I mean, because apparently brown hair said it was all um, tradition. 
and whatnot. So I'm like, uh, no. Of course we can tell the Duck Slash Warriors are way the hell out of their element. They've never been to someplace so damn fancy. Averman won't shut the hell up. He's like, oh my gosh, I love this tradition. At my old school, we didn't have traditions. Poor Dwayne's got too many damn forks. I'm sure one of those has got to be a salad fork. He's like, ah, waiter, I, 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 I got too many forks here. I, I only need one. I love, this is comical. He's like, what's, what's this little bitty one? He's laughing. He's laughing about it. I think they kind of breaking character. Like, what the hell? Of course, brown hair is all schmoozing up to Charlie. Hey, you gotta show me that triple deke, man. That's cool. And Charlie is just falling for it. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that hard, actually. I would not want to even be sitting next to Goldberg if I were Julie. He's like, hey, Julie, you want this extra piece of prime rib? And she, like, elbows him. He's like, what? I'm trying to help you. It's like, yeah, because you helped me really well when I was puking my guts out after that binge fest of baked goods. Like, go to hell, Goldberg. Down here gets up to do a toast. And he's all like, hey, we got Banksy, so we can be beat you in the annual varsity or freshman varsity showdown. And saying how they'll... The warrior freshman will be the Eden Hall state, future state champs and all, you know, schmoozing them and whatnot. And we cut to see Banks, who is just looking so depressed. I'm sure he would rather be with his friends than these goons. So it seems like Banks might have an inkling as to what is going on. Because he is really reluctant to get up from the table when Brown Hair says, Oh, we have one last surprise for you. It's going to be great. And Goldberg's just rubbing his hands together like, ooh, I wonder what it is. They bring out a cake, a giant, like, four to five tier cake with sparklers. It says, thanks for dinner, losers. You guys, I swear. You're so damn gullible. These guys have been nothing but assholes to you, and then all of a sudden you think, oh, it's Eden Hall tradition, of course. They're being nice by taking us out to dinner. Wait till you see how much the fucking bill is, because they're the ones now that are going to be paying for this dinner. They ain't getting that kind of fucking money? I don't have that kind of fucking money. $857. Holy and this, guys, this is 1996, $857. I can only imagine how much that would be in today's time. Let's see, we got some prices. 15 lobster, $210. Two lamb, I think that's lamb, $44. Wait, is that, no, that's lobster. Okay, that's lobster. Um, eight crab, a hundred and sixty bucks, seven prime rib, a hundred and thirty-five, ten au gratin, forty-two, two, or no, it says twenty, what's it say, rice? Like, I think that's like thirty. Also, ten vegetable, also thirty. We got ten Caesar, forty-five, ten mixed greens, forty-five, eight fruit salad, forty-six. 
You got your iced tea, like 15 of those, 27 bucks. We got 17 milk, I think, for 33. And then 14 OJ for 26. Then it said, oh, one cake, which is, you can barely tell what that is. It might be like, like 85 bucks or some shit. Holy fuck. So, of course, they don't have that kind of fucking money. So what are they going to do? They're going to, like, be washing dishes, cleaning toilets. It's really sad. Of course, they feel like, okay, we got to get these fuckers back for this shit. But then it's like, come on, guys. If you had half a brain, you wouldn't have went with them. Of course, they're probably thinking, well, we are here on scholarship, so we don't exactly want to um, insult the school, even though we hate the school. Want to dishonor their tradition. So Charlie's all, like, as they're getting the dishes taken care of. I'd be chomping down on that cake. I mean, you're technically paying for it. Charlie's like, hey, we gotta respond to this. And Russ is like, look, Charlie, I I don't want to mess up my scholarship. He's like, oh, well, I mean, actually, let's not get caught. Remember how I told you those ants, Brazilian fire ants, or whatever the fuck they are, um, were coming back? Yeah. This is how the Duck Warrior are going to retaliate. They got a, a bunch of length of hose. They really went all out with this. And they are going to put it in the fire ant um, case or whatever you want to call that enclosure. So the ants will come and then lay, like crawl out onto all the... Because... Um, the seniors, they're in the dorm, so... And you got all these rooms. And all this length of hose. This'll be fun. This is for all 857... This is for every single dish we washed, for every toilet we had to scrub. This every ant is for you. Every ant bite is gonna be so satisfying for us. I love how they're all dressed in, like, black, dark clothing. <laughs> So, Dwayne is on a horse, he's got his lasso, he's walking the perimeter, making sure that nobody will kind of ruin their prank that they're pulling here. So we get a Dwayne on horseback lassoing Cole slash Abraham. Dwayne is dressed like the Lone Ranger with a mask over his eyes, and <laughs> of course... Cole slash Abraham is, like, not expecting him. Like, what? <laughs> I love how Dwayne's like, oh, you know, this be would be more fun for me if you ran. And it's just... <laughs> so, basically, he la uh, Dwayne lassos Cole. Like, we don't need him ruining our fun. Of course, we get a sh uh, shot with uh, Gee and Connie. You know, they were a thing back in the first movie and the second movie. And they're, I guess up in a tree or something, just keeping watch with binoculars. And you think that Connie's going to say something like, oh, wow, this uh, ninja outfit really makes you look, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? And he's, like, ruggedly handsome. And she's, like, amazingly stupid. Everyone's wearing black clothing and black sunglasses while they're in the dark. So they got like a mason jar that's got the ants in there, and they have a funnel that's going into the tube. An interesting um, 
view of the ants inside the tubes. And I noticed that they got, like, the tubes, like, kind of, like, taped up so the ants will be able to get where they need to go. So we see the ants crawling on the bed of the sleeping varsity team. And they're all, like, coming out screaming and scratching themselves because they're being bit. So brown hair, of course, is all like, oh, you think you're funny? You think you're worth a damn? Well, let me tell you something. You're nothing but white trash. And Russ kind of jumps in there like, uh, excuse me, did you just say white trash? Because he's black. It's like, come on now. So Charlie's like, all right, that's right. We'll take you anytime, anywhere. So they're going to have their own personal battle against the varsity before the whole big showdown. Tomorrow at dawn is when they're going to play each other. And apparently they got to get to those showers because I'm sure those ants are like uh, stinging their balls. Alright, so we're on the ice. It's dawn. And of course the Warriors are now, they're donning their duck jerseys. Goldberg of course is going to be in the goalie first. Even though Julie's like, coach says I'm the starter. And Goldberg's like, I don't see any coach here. <laughs> so she's like, we'll split shifts, all right? I want a piece of these guys, too. So the varsity goalie goes up to Julie and says, why don't we call it even? And Julie says, I hate ties. It's like kissing your brother. And now we got a little bit of a thing, a tiff, if you will, between Charlie and Banks. Banks was like, look, they didn't tell me till the last minute. And Charlie's like, yeah, right, preppy, preppy. Well, he stole that from Saved by the Bell. All right, so Charlie and brown hair varsity guy are the first to do the face-off. As he says, first to, ch to ten, full check. And Charlie's like, bring it on. Of course, brown hair just smashes Charlie out of the way, takes control of the puck. Guy and Connie get in there, and the brown guy's all like, two for one, and, like, pushes them both down. Is this guy on fucking steroids? What the fuck? They act like he's built like a fucking Mack truck. Goldberg really does not need to be on the fucking ice. He's all like, yo, make your move. And, of course, the guy does. By tripping Goldberg and score. Alright, now they're going to pull out another duck trick. The flying V. This isn't going to go well. The varsity just goes right through that flying V and disassembles them. What is with the damn grunting and shit that they got playing along with whatever the score is of the movie? It's really irritating. Goldberg, seriously, they've been getting by you the whole dang time they've been playing. Don't act like ugh, you can stop the puck. Basically, there's no rules in this, this game here because... Connie tells Charlie, because they almost get into a scuffle with the varsity, and Connie's like, we can't win if they're going to cheat. Well, the rule book has been thrown out the window. All right, this is where Banks and Charlie just go at it with each other. Oh, brown hair's name is Riley something. I don't know what the hell his first name is. And they're all like, Banks, get him, Banks. So I guess, like, Banks was trying to take the puck from Charlie or trip him or what the fuck ever. And, of course, one puts an arm over the other one's neck. They both go into the net and then they start, like, yelling and shoving and pushing each other. 
So the other ducks that have been sitting on the bench are like, all right, that's it. We're all just going to go toe-to-toe with each other. So it's an all-out brawl here, and then Orion finally comes in and blows his whistle and clears everyone out. So Orion gets the varsity team out, and they're like, oh, we're going to destroy you guys. And Orion's like, well, way to go. You just forfeited whatever mental edge you might have had over the... Are you fucking kidding me? What mental edge? You got 14-year-olds going up against fucking 17 and 18-year-olds. There was never, they were never going to be intimidated by the Ducks slash Warriors. Never in a million fucking years. He says, now they know they own you. Brian tells them, like, look, this is not the Peewees, all right? Your little duck tricks are not going to work at this level. They're... Oh my gosh, what the hell? It's just a fucking private school hockey team. You act like it's the fucking minor leagues or the freaking NHL. It's not even close to that. Basically, they're playing teenage hockey and not like peewee 12-year-old hockey. He tells them, of course, for the last time, please stay away from the varsity and get those duck jerseys off. They're all kind of looking at him like, you are a piece of shit, guys. Like, come on now, let's go, take him off. Wow, that is a <laughs> final nail in the coffin. The ducks are dead. Not judging by this movie, I can see why. So Ryan gives Charlie an ultimatum. Take off the jersey right now or you don't play. Charlie just crosses his arms, like refusing to take off his jersey. He said, you're breaking up the best thing this team ever had, any of us ever had. And Orion says, well, it's time to grow up. So Charlie gets in Orion's face, like, grow up, huh? Like you, washed up pro has to show off to a bunch of kids. Yeah, that's real grown up. Like, all right, you know what? I've had it. You're out. Bye. I'm not even gonna tolerate this bat talk anymore. Hey, he's like, okay, goodbye, Conway. Bye. He's like, all right, anyone else? Fulton's done too. Like, all right, I'm out. It's interesting. It always seems to be Fulton and Charlie. They Fulton was the first one to t- pick up a duck jersey, and then Conway or Charlie followed suit after. And even when the team turned against Bombay, when they thought that um, he was agreeing with Coach Riley in the first movie that the Ducks were just losers, that they weren't going to amount to anything. Fulton and Charlie were the only two members that stayed to support him. Like, all right, goodbye, Fulton. And he turns to the rest of the team and says, you know what? No one's forcing you to be here. If you want to go, you can go. It's your life. You decide what to make of them. He tells them 20 laps and then hit the showers and he leaves. Of course, the camera focuses on all the Ducks jerseys that have now been thrown onto the ice. All right, now we go to Hans' skate shop or his little um, home next to it. He's coughing. Looks like Charlie is going to make an appearance and cry and whine and shit like that. Hans is like, well, your mother's been calling and looking for you. And Charlie collapses into the couch and says, well, I'm right here. Hans turns off the game and says, sounds like the team needs you. And Charlie's like, they don't need me. What they need is a new coach. Hans is like, you're not a little boy anymore, Charlie. Why are you acting this way? Basically telling him, you're acting like a spoiled little brat. You need to man up. 
Oh, he says, please stop acting this way to Charlie. And Charlie tells Hans, like, I don't, I don't know what this guy wants from me. How about he wants you to be a team player? Um, he wants you to stop talking back to him. So Hans is telling Charlie, look, he won't just let you skate by. He wants more. He demands it of you. He wants it because he knows there is there inside of you. He's basically telling him how Gordon wanted the same things for you. And I think just, I think just the fact that this guy is not Gordon, Charlie feels like, I don't have to listen to you. You might be my hockey coach, but you, in my mind, you are not my hockey coach. Hans tells Charlie he needs you to lead. And Charlie's like, how can he expect me to lead when he takes away my seat? Like, I was the captain, Hans. Hans tells Charlie, look, it's just a letter. As he opens up a side drawer and pulls out, like, a bunch of iron-on C's. Charlie picks up a handful of C's. He's like, these are not the same. Don't make fun of me, Hans. Like, damn, boy. How dare you talk to Hans that way? If his coughing is any indication, he's not going to be around much longer. And Hans explains to him, he took away the C, Charlie, not what was under it. Hans leaves Charlie with some party words. Go, be with your friends. You are the heart of the team. He tells Charlie, don't let it slip away. Charlie, frustrated, stands up and says, they're the ones that are slipping away from me. What, because they didn't follow you out? Now you're basically saying, to hell with all of them. They're clearly siding with Orion. No, they're siding with the fact that they want to keep their scholarship. <coughs> so Charlie gets up and heads to the door, turns and says, Are you all right, Hans? Oh, so now you're worried about him after you had your little bitch fit. Of course, Hans just smiles, lifts up a finger like, Of course I'm okay. If this last line here from Hans isn't more foreboding of what's to come in just a hot second, yeah, as he says, Goodbye, Charlie. Charlie's already left and closed the door. Last words from Hans. Hey, look, it's the director of the movie who was also in the first movie as a lawyer against Gordon. In the second movie, he played, like, some sports agent or some shit. And now he's playing, like, a carny at some, um, adventure park. Fulton and Charlie come up, of course, they're skipping school, the guy's like, oh, you playing a little hooky, homeboys? Don't worry, your secret's safe with me. I remember watching this on VHS, and because the guy's like, I played a lot of hooky when I was your age. Why did I think that guy was mispronouncing, like, the word hockey? But no, he means hooky, like, skipping school and shit. Those guys are having the time of their lives there. They're having nachos and soft pretzels. I want a soft pretzel. <laughs> I want a cream cheese stuffed pretzel. Fulton's trying to get Charlie to go on the roller coaster. Like, oh, that's kid stuff. Like, come on, man. So while we're doing a montage of the boys hanging out at the park, we have Ken Wu, Goldberg, Dwayne, Aberman, and Guy and the rest of them hanging out, talking about Wolfgang, Ama Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, Igor Strand. Stravinsky and Theologus Monk. And this is kind of intercut with scenes of Fulton and Charlie at the Adventure Park. These guys are pigging out like no tomorrow. They're eating like what looks like meatball subs. Like, oh, chocolate dipped bananas. Like, 
Finishers. How are they not? They're going to be puking by the end of this. It's interesting. It looks like the other kids are actually kind of enjoying their classes. Like, they, they're they smiling. They look like they're enjoying it. They're getting maybe something out of it. The song, I don't know what it's called, but the lyrics are, This is me in not grade 9. So I'm guessing that's the grade that they're in. They're basically freshmen. That's right. They are freshmen. Ah! Of course, yeah, they're feeling the effects of all the food they ate. So now both of them have their heads in what looks like a mail slot type um, trash can. They're like, blah, 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 and the security guard's like, all right, guys, please take this outside. You see, like, a group of, like, kids just looking like, ew. He's like, take it outside, boys. Ellie's, like, got this whole thing planned. He's just not going to go to school. Couldn't you go to school and just not play hockey? Like, refuse or something? Why do you gotta be playing hooky the whole damn time? He's like, oh, don't worry. Next, tomorrow's gonna be great. Today was awesome. Tomorrow's gonna be great. And Fulton's like, we can't do this forever. So Charlie's got a plan. He lays it all out for Fulton. Says, hey, see the way I got it figured? We go to public school for a couple years. Then we just go play juniors in Canada. Ay, ay, ay. You only gotta be 17. So, of course, Fulton's like, man, Charlie, I don't even know if I can make juniors. And Charlie's like, well, come on, Fulton, with your shot, it would be great. You would be a shoo-in. Fulton, of course, says, no, what I mean is, I don't know if I want to play hockey for the rest of my life. Charlie realizes this as, you're going back? And Fulton's like, look, we can deal, man. I mean, the ducks are there. It's like their friends are there. They can't just keep skipping school and playing hooky and going to that theme park and shit. So Charlie sees Fulton as, a, as another sellout like the other ducks. So it's like, you know what? I don't need this and I don't need you. So just go. Get out of here. He's like, just get out of here then. I don't need you. I don't want you. Just go. Damn, Charlie. So Charlie stops in to see his mom at the diner. I'm surprised she doesn't beat his ass for skipping school. But because she's been trying to look for him, because she's got bad news, unfortunately, Hans passed away. Charlie comes in and sees his mom's clearly upset. She's been crying. She's like, Mom, what's wrong? She's like, honey, I've been trying to reach you. Remember, this is 1996. Not every kid had a cell phone at this point. She tells him that Hans passed away. He hugs him and sniffles and says it was his time to go. Uh, Bombay, of course, he's going to show up for Hans's funeral. Everyone's dressed in black. It's just, it's very sad. Where's Jan? Was he not, he wasn't able to come back for his brother. It was unexpected, so. Gordon, of course, has a old Ducks jersey from the first movie. Made it for Hans. He's laying it over the casket. This is so sad. Number 11. Gordon does have some words for the kids. Whenever you touch the ice, remember it was Hans who taught us to fly. Because yes, Hans was there from the very beginning. Sounds interesting. Ken Wu and Dwayne and Gaffney, uh, Julie, um, Louise, they never, I don't think they ever met Hans because they were doing the Goodwill games and Jan was there. But, I mean, the thing. Oh, and Banks is there for the funeral. That's good. Who are some of these other people? Of course, Charlie is too upset with the fact that Gordon abandoned them and just walks off. 
Now we're in Charlie's room, and it's 6 a.m. He's like, I don't remember setting an alarm. Of course Gordon did. So Charlie's in a bad way. He's in a dark place. Gordon's come to hopefully get Charlie out of his dark place because he's been there since the beginning of the movie. So it's nice that Gordon was able to, like, come in here and take time to kind of help Charlie and, you know, spend the day with him. And Charlie's like, go away. Hans is gone and I want to be alone. And Gordon's like, you know, not a day goes by that I don't think about you and the ducks. So Charlie just glowers at Gordon and says, there are no ducks. Orion split us up. Dude, you chose to fucking leave. Okay, that's on your ass. Don't tell me that Orion split us up. You chose to fucking leave. You can just as easily choose to go back if you want to. Maybe with a better attitude. Ah, Charlie. So, like, you know you left us with a real jerk? So, Gordon is gonna go to Eden Hall with Charlie to change Charlie's mind and see that Orion does have a different side to him. Oh, Gordon, he does not know the whole story. You need to show him the whole story. I love that. Because Charlie's just, like, in a single bed. Gordon goes over to the side of the mattress and tips it so Charlie just falls out of bed. So they go to the rink where some instrumental music is playing. It's Waltz of the Flowers. I've never heard of it. But then again, I really don't listen to a lot of classical music. So Orion is skating with his daughter who's in a wheelchair. So we get Orion's backstory. About five years ago, he was in a car accident. Uh, they were sideswiped, and his daughter was injured. That's why she's in the wheelchair. And Charlie's like, okay, so that's why he left the pros. Gordon says, well, when the North starts left Minnesota, he stayed behind. Because he didn't want to disrupt his daughter's recovery. Oh my goodness, Orion has got a smile on his face. Aww. So, of course, Charlie's like, well, I just thought he was some washed-up bully who couldn't hack it. And Gordon's like, well, he could hack it, Charlie. He just simply made a choice. And I don't think he's ever regretted it for a moment. All right. So, now, of course, let's go look at Gordon Pompey when he was going to Eden Hall. So, we see some old, it's probably like an old yearbook photo of Emilio Estevez. It's like, wow, look at the hair. I look like Greg Brady. Greg Brady, all I remember of Greg Brady is his hair being, you know, kind of curly and stuff. I don't think it was ever like this. So Gordon tells Charlie that he was kind of like him when he played hockey. You know, a total hotshot, tried to take control of every game. Wound up quitting, then he tried law, same thing. He's like, yeah, I rule in the courtroom, but inside I'm a mess. You know, I started drinking and, like, I, you know... I just started going down. But then this great thing happened. Maybe the best thing ever. It says, I got arrested and sentenced to community service. And that's where I met. Yeah! So the ducks, you know, in in coaching District 5, turning them into the ducks and just finding hope and inspiration. And it really just, it turned his life around for the better. It almost felt like it gave him, like, a a better sense of self. And, and, and just, uh... He discovered a, a side of himself that had laid dormant for so long. He could actually learn to care about something again and, and care about people. So 
Gordon tells Charlie that, you know, Charlie and the Ducks gave him a life. And, you know, he thanks Charlie for that. He even told Orion about all of all of this when he talked to him about taking over. Gordon even told him that Charlie was the heart of the team. That they would learn something from each other. Well, so far they've just butted heads, but that's more on Charlie's end than anything else. Gordon told Orion that Charlie was the real Minnesota Miracle Man. Charlie's surprised, like, you did? And... Gordon's like, yeah, so be that man, Charlie. Aw, they hug. It's so sweet. Well, that's kind of cool. So he takes Charlie down to um, the skate area where all the ducks are hanging out and having a good old time. And Gordon and Charlie get in the game and they're having fun. I love Emilio Estevez's haircut here. It's so remnant of the first Mighty Ducks movie. It's not got that crappy middle part like the second movie where it was just long and gross looking. But it's like, it's definitely better here. All right, looks like they're going to an away game because they're on a bus. And Charlie, of course, tail tucked between his legs. He's going back. And of course, you gotta apologize for being an asshole, Charlie. Gotta do that. He tells Orion that he wants to be on the team. That he wants to play two-way hockey. So yes, can I come back? And of course, Orion's like, all right, take a seat. We're running late. Let's go. Everyone's slapping high five. Like, yeah, Charlie's back. Uh, you know, they're trying to go. Now we got Dean coming up saying there's going to be a board meeting tomorrow on the approval of withdrawing the Duck scholarships. And then he says, you're welcome to stay to the end of the term, but then you'll have to enjoy other educational opportunities. Yeah, because once you take their fucking scholarships away, like, they're gonna be able to afford to stay the rest of the fucking semester. You dick. So, Ted jumps in there. Ted O'Ryan says, Dean, I need a word with you. And, of course, the Dean's like, well, I think I've said all I need to say. And it's like, no, now. So, of course, he can't see, like, why the fuck, after all of this, you're dumping them. Like, it was your whole damn plan to bring them here in the first fucking place. And Dean, the Dean's all like, oh, I'm under tremendous pe pressure. And Orion's like, yeah, from what? The alumni club? Oh, my God. Why don't you, Dean, Dean, why don't you grow some fucking balls? You clearly have none with your fucking bow tie. I think this guy doesn't want, the, the Dean does not want them there either. Like, only if you win, and you're not, so get out of my school. Of course, the dean tries to turn around and like, hey, coach, I'm doing you a favor. With those kids gone, you'll get to pick your own team. Like, hey, the ducks are drowning. Let's face it. <sighs> the kids, mind you, are all listening to this. Ryan surprises the kids as he's like, I got my team. Either they stay or I go. And, of course, the dean is all like, we'll miss you, Ted. Like, fuck you, bowtie. Fuck you. Averman's like, we're just pawns, puppets for their stage show. It's like, yeah. So Goldberg asks an important question. Uh, Coach, is this legal? I mean, don't we have contracts or something? Remember when Gordon Bombay was a lawyer? Well, they're going to bring him in now. So Orion's like, I don't know, but we're going to fight this. So now we're at the board meeting, and of course it's like, does anyone want the Ducks to stay, basically? And everyone, no one says anything. So, 
Bowtie Dean is all like, well, unless a board member actually wants you here and there's a second motion for that, then... So Orion's like, well, you leave me no choice. I have my lawyer here. So Dean Bowtie's like, well, Mr. Bombay, this is not a legal proceeding. And of course, Gordon's like, well, not yet, but I can assure you that it will be. So he brings out the scholarships and says these scholarships became a binding contract upon the signatures of their recipients. And he tells the board they cannot be voided except for a cause, which I guarantee you, you have none. And Gordon says, should you per, uh, pursue w- pursue with a cancellation, I will slap you with an injunction. He's like, I will tie this matter up in court for years. Until long after these kids have gone on to college. And I will collect damages. Like, yes, Gordon! Hell yeah! Gordon Bombay the lawyer is back. He says, I will win. Because he is very, very good. Yes, he is. Casey's there and she's like got a smirk on her face. But now he's going to flip it on his head. He's like, you know why I'm so good? Because I have an education. I got it from you. You gave it to me. And he's like, and you're going to give it to these kids. Of course, Orion like whispers to Charlie, oh, wow, he's good. And Charlie's like, he's just getting started. I love how he's like, now you people may be snobbish enough to believe that these ducks don't belong at Eden Hall. He tells them, like, you are dead wrong. These are remarkable young people. I mean, sure, they don't have trust funds to fall back on down the road, but uh, these kids have done amazing things. These old ass fucks that are board members. They're so snobby with their fucking noses in the air. They just decide to have the scholarships be reinstated. Thank you! Just finish out the term of the school year and get the fuck out of there. If that's what they want. They're all mumbling, oh, we have no choice, this is ridiculous. <laughs> fuck all you, fuck y'all. So they're, the ducks are all celebrating, everyone's leaving the board meeting. Of course, brown hair, Riley... And his crony varsity team are all like, oh, this is just a publicity stunt. So Linda comes up to Charlie and, of course, he apologizes for being a jerk and that he still owes her that Coke. And she's like, I'm just glad you're back. Yep, here we go. Old brown hair. Congratulations on destroying our school. Fuck you. And one of the devs is like, it's our school too. And he's like, oh, it'll never be. And, And Linda's even like, it's... Everyone's school, you stupid jock. Like, oh yeah, that really. <laughs> and he's like, no, it'll never be your school. Don't you get it? Like, fuck your shit. So yeah, this gets heated. And of course, like, oh, you better leave on your own once we defeat you and this and that. And of course, Charlie brings up the fact that last time you guys had an unfair advantage. Banksy. So brown hair's all like, hey, look, you can have him back. He was nothing to us anyway. Russ has got some good smack talk. He's like, hey, look, rich guy, after we beat you, the warriors die and the ducks fly. Yes. I don't get why the fuck. (laughs) Orion just dumped a big old Rubbermaid garbage container filled with, like, bottles and cans and food and just nasty shit. And everyone's just, like, playing hockey with, they're just kicking around bagels and Bottles and cans and shit. Like, oh. He just tells them, like, if they want to beat the varsity, then you're going to have to bust your ass. 
I guess he has them out on the street working on recycling, picking up trash as well. Okay, well, it looks like they're going to be ducks again. Like, you don't look like warriors. You look like ducks. Okay. They're wearing the duck jerseys from the second movie. Yay! Okay, so they're touching the ice in honor of Hans. It's a Norwegian symbol of respect. Aww. We got old pedophile glasses here. They're a uh, varsity coach. Like, oh, now show them why. That they don't belong in our school. That they don't belong in our ice. You sick fuck. He just looked like a fucking pedophile. <laughs> he does. Your damn coach is just... Ugh. You know who he reminds me of? If you've seen It Chapter 1, he looks like the fucking pharmacist guy that's a freaking pervert. So, alright. Definitely Orion is on board with the ducks. They're in their jerseys. He's doing the quack, 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 quack. And he's got the audience doing the quack, 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 quack. That's good. They're playing the real defense there, the ducks are. It looks like the varsity is really just beating the hell out of the ducks right now. I mean, the ducks are doing their best with the defense and all that good stuff, trying to keep the varsity from getting goals on them. They're purposely pushing, like, pushing them down with their gloved hands and just ramming them and having them fly in the air and shit like that. And it's like, the fuck? You know this ref favors the varsity. Of course they're not going to call any of these cheap shots. And a lot of, like, trash talk. Like, oh, I'm just picking up the trash or I'm just taking out the trash and all this shit. I don't even know what the fuck the score is of this game because I'm not seeing a scoreboard anywhere. With all this uh, beating the hell out of the ducks, uh, they hit... Gee pretty hard, and he is down for the count. He is not getting up. And you just see the reaction from the crowd, and she's like, oh my gosh. This one lady, I don't even know who this lady is. Oh, she's a music lady. Because it's like, her reaction, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Hands always at the mouth, like, <gasps> So he gets up saying that, you know, he's clutching his elbow, whether his arm's broken or not, who knows. Um, he's like, oh, it's okay. I mean, he's being a good sports. I mean, you know, he's like, I can skate. I can, I can skate. It's fine. And of course, Orion just glares at the varsity coach. And the varsity coach, yeah, that's hockey. Like, fuck you. If it were done to any of your fucking players, you'd be bitching up a storm. And the ref would be calling, like, every fucking hit. Kind of look at the scoreboard. It says 0-0. Zero, zero. So have they seriously not scored anything? Neither of them? I mean, good on them. I mean, the Ducks are really defending that net, so. Two periods down and no score yet. So, I guess there's an Anaheim Mighty Ducks Paul Correa person who's joining the teen announcer. Of course, you know, Orion is giving the kids a pep talk. Like, hey, I know they're beating you. Just, just hold on. Everyone's like, gosh, it's going to take a miracle. Boom! Miracle walks right in the door. Dean Portman is back! The Bash Brothers are back! Yes! Because we need some fucking hits on the ice by the Ducks. The Ducks need to get in there. Bing, bring in the, they've got the Bash Brothers now. We're going to beat their fucking asses, the varsity. We're going to beat them! Of course, um, brown hair's dad slash grandfather's like, Oh my gosh, the kid can't play! And Dean Bowtie's all like, the kid's got a contract, Tom. My hands are tied. Like, Grandpa, you sit your ass down and you shut your fucking mouth. Of course. <laughs> Cole slash Abraham's like, hey, let's see what you got, Bash Brother. As he starts charging 
Portman like a bolt, and Portman's just like grinning ear to ear, like, oh, I got this. Portman ducks down as Cole like hits him, and then just <clears throat> right through the glass, bam! <laughs> Cole goes flying. All right, the Ducks are getting their, their licks in. They're getting their hits with the Bash Brothers back. Even Goldberg jumps in, in in there, too. It's like, oh, cool. So there's two minutes left in the third period, so someone's got to score a goal eventually. Guys, we all know how this movie ends. You know the Ducks win. You fucking asshole ref! Are you shitting me? They're pulling Portman out of the game for two fucking minutes, which is basically what's left of the game. Because the guy, like, didn't get up right away. Fuck you. Get the varsity teams and pull up bullshit since the game started. Everyone's pissed. The people in the crowds are pissed off. Like, the fuck you doing? Well, of course, Portman's going to take advantage of being in the penalty box by stripping his uniform off, his safety gear, to the point where he is just playing shirtless. Showing off his guns for the ladies. No 14-year-old is that fucking ripped. I'll tell you that right now. That guy is like 22, 25 years old. I got a fucking bench miner or whatever the fuck. Because I got too many men on the... What the hell? I got to skate two men down. That's real wonderful. There's like eight minutes left of this movie. Yeah, Ken, I guess, it jumped out of the box too dang early. So it's like, now it's like five players for varsity on the three ducks so now of course ken woo's hanging out with dean portman in the penalty box and i love how dean's like it's cool little bash brother we can hold him man don't give up let's go all right conway banks and goldberg those are the three that they're gonna go with of course before charlie hits the ice orion tells him look hey we're back into a corner we hold them for two minutes we got ourselves a tie and of course charlie's like we're up to it coach and he's like, I know you are, Charlie, but you deserve to win. Ah, he put that C back on Charlie's jersey. Woo! Take your shot. It counts. Make it count. Yes! Banks blocked that shot with his body. No way was he letting Varsity score. The whole thing about Charlie having to make, have the other guy make the first move, because that's been his problem, because he and Brown here, Riley, are both, you know, they're captains on, you know, Varsity and Ducks and stuff like that, so... All right, let's see how this goes down. That's awesome! Because Orion's like, hey, that's what I'm talking about. Because Charlie, like, went down and the guy, like, dived at him. And Charlie, bloop, right over. On, uh, yeah. I think Con, uh, Charlie's going to go in for the win, but no. Passes to Goldberg. Because it looks like he's going to score, but the... Puck sits there for a minute, and then Goldberg gets it. Goldberg just looks like he's about ready to shit his pants. He's so scared that he's got the puck. I mean, he sees the varsity players getting up off the ice, and everyone's like, shoot, Goldberg, shoot! He shoots, and then he gets knocked down. It goes in. It's good. Woo! They win. One point. I like how we go back to the penalty box, and Portman and Ken Wu are all, like, congratulating each other, and then they're like, wait, Goldberg scored? He won the game for us? What? The Ducks are flooding the ice, and it's like, yes, Goldberg, you did it! Oh, the guy with the pedophile glasses actually shakes uh, Coach Orion's hand, like, hey, good game! We'll get you next time, uh-huh. 
That's so sweet that Charlie hugged Coach O'Ryan. Oh, and now uh, the goalie from the varsity team is going to kiss Julie the Cat Gaffney. Oh, his name is Scooter, apparently. He kisses her on the cheek. And, of course, brown hair Riley's girlfriend is now macking hard with Luis. Looking at him like, well, you're a loser. <laughs> I'm going to make out with a winner. Oh, Luis is like, hey, well, hey, sorry, our little secret. <laughs> so be, she's been secretly screwing Luis on the side. Cute. Charlie goes over to hug his mom. She's like, I'm proud of you, Charlie. He's like, I love you, mom. So she pat, pats his chest and says, hey, go have fun. Of course, we get Linda and Charlie. Aw. Bombay! Oh, he's there in the uh, in the crowd, in the audience, that's a door in the stands. Aww. You did good, Charlie. You did good. So, Gordon kind of, like, moves his head a little, like, his eyes, like, look over there. We see a banner that says, Eden Hall Ducks. Sweet! So, Charlie calls over to his friend, like, hey, guys, look. Like, look what Bombay did. Ho, ho, ho. But then everyone turns to look. Crowd gasping. <laughs> That's what the subtitles say. Eden Hall Mighty Ducks. They're all quacking. <laughs> and Dean Bowtie's like, hey, it's Bombay. Like, yeah. Melinda comes around the corner, kisses Charlie on this on his cheek. Aw. Aw, and he leans down because he's taller than she is and kisses her. Aw. So the movie closes out with Bombay walking down the hallway of the auditorium, the um, the rink, while people cheer. And then we see, of course, the end of the first movie with Charlie and Bombay cheering because they won the Pee-wee playoffs. And that's the movie. I, like, fast-forwarded through the credits and just to see if there might be a little end scene. You know how there's a little end scene on D2, the Mighty Ducks, where they're all sitting around a campfire? There was nothing like that here. So, all right. That is the end of the movie. I liked it. Like I said, this is my least favorite of them. The first will always be my favorite, then the second one, and this one is just like, eh. But I had fun review reviewing it. I wanted to do all three of them, so I know this one is a little long, but I hope you guys enjoy it anyway. I know I like, gosh, I swore, but you guys know, I mean, that's how I do the podcast on the Looking Back on My Wonder Years and Wonder Years podcast channel, is I, I, I swear a bit, um... But this movie, guys, it brought it out of me. It brought it out of me. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy my review of this movie. And I will be back with uh, some other movies down the road. Have a great week, everybody.